So, Harry, mm-hmm. if you were to be in a Michael Bay movie, okay, you'd probably when? when when not if when where oh, sorry when you're cast in a Michael Bay movie. There sure. we go. I mean, we have established. Say like, now, I don't want to work with him. No, no, I, I, I feel like he'd be really intense and probably not that great a guy. No, no, you, you're better than that. You can do yeah. better. Hold up for Spielberg. But, there it you know, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but if if you were in that situation, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear that characterization is not his strong point. So all of the characters sure. in his movies are basically just stock cliches. Mm-hmm. So if you were to be cast in a Michael Bay movie, what kind of stereotypical action movie or movie cliche character mm-hmm. would you be? I think I would be. I would be the chosen one. The chosen one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How's like you know you, the, 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 Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, you know, the one who's got, <laughs> well, like, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, the one who's got like the gift or the power or whatever, who's like okay. destined to do the thing and like coincidence works in my favor. So you'd be Bruce Willis essentially in this movie. <clears throat> the one who everything basically writes what everything and everything about him is great. Yeah, I guess in this movie. Yeah, I would be Bruce Willis. Okay. Yeah. All right, good luck with that. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. I'm, 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 stop looking at my hair. Sorry? <laughs> stop looking at my hair. Okay. <laughs> you want to be Bruce Willis? My eyes are down here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you want to be Bruce? It's too much. Uh, I could pull off Bruce. <laughs> I bet you would. Some films are fine just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are picturing prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Armageddon. We'll also be picturing some drinking games and hearing other sequel pictures from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most drill bits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't think of anything. I do. Okay. Oh, you mean literally drill bits? Okay. I thought, I thought that was like some kind of euphemism. Like, no, no, no. And joining me as always, the host who loves a good drilling, is John Lucas. <laughs> Can't deny it. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Armageddon then. Armageddon, yes. yes. Uh, Why you did you choose this movie? Because it's a great movie. Okay. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? Well, here's the thing. It's become incredibly fashionable to like, bash michael bay yeah also before we get started this is our first michael bay movie is it five years we've never done a michael bay yeah. i mean he well, does a lot of sequels there's not actually a lot of properties yeah, yeah. That... there's not a lot that we can do and the other things that he has done i wouldn't really want to do I think no it's the only one of his that i know that i would want to do see i'm surprised we haven't done the rock yet because that's supposed to be really good good and is it, it's is nicholas that, cage with, yeah. uh what's his face connery sean yeah. connery and nicholas cage yeah yeah, we could get I, to that. that. Sounds good. I mean, I'm less keen after this, but yeah. um, <laughs> what is this not your sort of thing? Oh man, well, like I was saying, it's so fashionable to hate on Michael Bay and just make fun of him and for being a hack and for making brainless mm. action movies. But it's like it's it's kind of a boring critique because that's that's his bread and butter. So I was like, mm. I'm gonna go with this movie and really try to enjoy it mm-hmm. where it sits, where it meets me on its own level, basically. <sighs> okay. So I was like, I don't want to just come in and be like, you know, oh, Michael Bay movies are all really crap. Ooh, he's such a terrible director. He's such a sellout. <laughs> This film is such a piece of shit, Harry. <laughs> this is a piece of shit. Let me tell you about my experience of watching this movie because it was it was hard. So the way we normally do this thing is we record this on a Friday night usually. It's Thursday right now, but that's just for timing. Normally yeah. we record this on a Friday night. So I generally watch the films in the midweek. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't normally drink in the midweek. I try not to do that because I'm an adult <laughs> and I have a job and, you know, I, you know, I'm not 22 anymore. So I don't really drink midweek anymore. So I, that means that I normally watch these films stone cold sober. Yeah. And so I put this film and I was like, it's going to be a challenge, but okay. <laughs> so I loaded up Armageddon, pressed play. First thing I noticed, two hours, 45 minutes. I was like. Two hours 45? I thought it was two and a half hours. Maybe, maybe 39. It's somewhere in between. It's like two hours 30 maybe something. Maybe you watched an extended cut. Oh, God. I dread to think. What, <laughs> what could have cut? What could he cut? Anyway, but I saw that it was over two and a half hours anyway. And that was my first like, oh, God, this is going to be a this is going to be a challenge. I was like, okay, fine. And I put it on. The seven minute At the seven minute mark, when the meteor shower rains down on New York City. Yeah. And the Asian lady in the taxi goes, but me one go shopping. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I, I will admit that is the low point. Well, that was the, I'm not I'm not saying that's the lowest point in the entire movie. That's no, the point no, for, for me. It was that was the point when I took a deep sigh, opened the fridge, <laughs> grabbed a bottle of beer, and cracked it. <laughs> Seven minutes. In. Seven minutes. In. Now again, this is a two and a half hour movie, yeah. and there were a lot of moments like that that just made me involuntarily reach for that bottle of beer or mm-hmm. subsequent bottles of beer and take a deep mournful swig wow so how's today been for you oh this was like on tuesday all oh, right okay so how was wednesday well this is the thing because i was doing that because this movie goes on for fucking ages i fell asleep <laughs> halfway through this movie <laughs> woke up the next morning on the sofa <laughs> only having which meant i had to go back and oh. watch it again the day after from the start from the start well yeah because i was drunk i didn't re- I, I honestly got drunk so fast i remembered so little of it I was like, okay well that's on you i know but I had to watch it again, this time completely sober, because I knew I couldn't trust myself. Watched it twice. I had to watch it twice. Sorry. Do you know what that's going to do to my Disney Plus metrics? Do you know how much stuff I'm going to have to watch to stop people, rec- like the Disney Plus analytics recommending oh, stuff great. that is like this? Yeah, yeah. Ruined Disney Plus for me now for at least a year. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. So I really do not go into this with positive feelings, but yeah, I just don't think this is a good film. Like, even on the level of being a stupid action movie, I'm here for a stupid action movie. Yeah. There's no joy in this film. This film is completely without joy. Yeah. The characters are all hateful. Mm-hmm. The action sequences, it's it, it shoots its load so fast because it, it's not... You think of an action movie as being like a roller coaster or any mm. good movie, it's like a roller coaster. You know, you build up, you build up, mm-hmm. and then there's the exciting moment and it's like, whoa, you're going down. This movie is like being on... It's like being on the teacups, but they never stop. And you're kind of sick after, you're feeling a bit nauseous after five minutes and it just won't, you just can't fucking get off. The teacups. So the theme ride of this movie is the teacups. I was trying to think of one that's Sorry, like... this movie, the teacups. Well, I couldn't think of another ride that like stays the same. This movie, which I'm pretty, pretty sure, inspired a ride in Disneyland. Okay. A roller coaster ride. Yeah, but roller coasters have peaks and troughs, and that's what this movie lacks. It's all at the same level. That's what I mean. I was I, the teacups was all I could think of, where it starts and ends at this, or maybe like a Ferris wheel. Yeah. But the Ferris wheel is too slow, and I actually quite enjoy having a nice relaxing Ferris wheel. <laughs> like the teacups, there's no point to them. They just they just make you feel like shit, and you can't get off them because it just keeps spinning. That's how I felt about this movie. I couldn't get off it. It was making me feel sick. It went on way too long. <sighs> wow. Okay. Okay. So how was it for you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I loved it. Mm. I loved it. Yeah. We'll defend, by all means, defend. Um, I don't have a lot of defense for it because I don't think there's anything that you could complain about this movie that I could deny. Sure. Because I, 
I think part of the reason I love this movie is because I know exactly like what it is. Sure, yeah, and I can understand it that. It is the most Michael Bay film that there has ever been. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I, I know it's just... It's, the movie itself doesn't seem to be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a guilty pleasure of mine to watch it, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't find it terrible. Okay. Does it get you choked up at the end when Bruce Willis... Oh, no. No, okay. No. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> but when Aerosmith comes in... Sure. Oh, God. Don't even get me startled on that fucking song. Uh, <laughs> they come in like four times. That song is like overused. What's wrong with Aerosmith? No, I don't mind them as a band, but the, the song is... If it was just... Uh, my memory of it was that that song comes in at the end mm-hmm. when Bruce Willis, spoiler alert, you know, sacrifices himself and mm-hmm. then Ben Affleck marries Liv Tyler. I thought... My memory was... That's when the song kicks in. Mm-hmm. It's the My Heart Will Go On moments. Mm-hmm. It's like two oh, and a half hours of film. Oh, it is, my, it is the My Heart Will Go On moment, like, to the extreme. Yeah. Because, so this came out in 1998, didn't it? Seven, yeah. Around the same time. I think a year before Titanic, but oh, pretty thought, much I, the same time. I, I, I thought it was after. And I, and, I, and, I, and I think that specifically because I think this film was partially inspired by Titanic. Oh, maybe, maybe it is then. I, I know it's roughly the same time, but I don't know exactly. No, like, I don't from. remember the films of, you know, 1997 and the five years that followed specifically mm-hmm. but i really wouldn't be surprised if this is one of many that were just trying to be the next titanic i mean if they, if they were trying to create an equally fascinating love story then my <laughs> god they failed <laughs> they miscast they really, greatly they very much mis- miscast miswrote <laughs> miss everything but uh yeah i can see what you mean it's 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 that very like big 90s blockbuster with a big pop song that was yeah. very trendy that- and, it, and it's like a disaster trying to avoid yeah. a disaster and like but, building up yeah. a, a cast of characters which good or bad it definitely does yeah oh sure but titanic didn't invent that having a big pop song on a big like conair had literally no, I, mean, I, I mean titanic didn't like there's lots of things that titanic is famous for that did sure. not invent yeah but sure. it's definitely the best of yeah it's, probably, it's probably ultimate, all those things ultimate example of yeah yeah sure but the point I was making was that, yeah, I thought my memory was that the Aerosmith song comes in at the end and it's like the big mm-hmm. emotional payoff. Great. That song is in this film. Like they use this song like four other times in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's so annoying. It's such a good song now. It's an okay song, but it's so annoying to have it used so many times. It yeah. really robs it of its impact for me by the end. But then I'm just off oh, this again. Like, See, when I said this in um, the film, You Can Count On Me, mm-hmm. about how they reuse music, you never you never that's the, that's a score not a song yeah well, that's even worse no because a score is like just a constant like bubbling theme running through no, no, the movie no, but it, not but, like but, but, duh, 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 duh. don't want to close my eyes like five separate <laughs> occasions on the movie yeah sure i mean it wasn't a score it was a specific piece sure yeah but um, it was that, a refrain that what that, that, that was yeah. Re- repeated yeah that was not written for that film either yeah um, but that, that's more like when Titanic but, does the do 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 but Celine Dion only sings once and that's the difference ah I see yeah okay yeah. yeah I see what you mean Titanic uses that little bit of panpipe all the time because mm. that's the score that's mm-hmm. fine but the big moment with the song is at the end yeah you know that you're here imagine every interesting moment of Titanic had Celine Dion just going you're here by the end of it you'd be like shut the fuck up Celine and that's kind of where I was at actually what else was it recently was it True Romance or something that we watched that yeah, had a song. Yeah. What was it? Oh, oh, it had those. Oh, yeah. True, true romance had those stupid fucking uh, steel drums. Steel drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah stuff like. I mean, that, that was quite annoying because that's a very distracting instrument. Yeah, 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 it was, and it was very badly used. Yeah. But different podcast. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to know what more to say. I should probably get into the plot summary. Yeah, but... sure. I mean, it's fine that you enjoyed it. That I mean, many people do. But uh... I really enjoyed it. I still do enjoy it, and I, I will happily watch this many, many times again. I'm sure you will. I will. Probably never, unless forced, watch this film again. 
I'm afraid. Um, well, uh, you know, before I do the plot summary, so how how well do you remember Deep Impact? Because we've done that fairly before. reasonably well. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, that it's hard not to think of the two together. They are very much two sides of yeah. the same coin. Yeah. Yeah, because they came out in the same year, mm-hmm. and obviously their plots are very similar, mm-hmm. but they just approach it from different angles. Very much so. I I would watch Deep Impact a thousand times before I watch this again. Oh, it's the better film. Definitely. It's by far the superior film. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this one's probably got better action, I would say. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I would say that's fair. I don't think Deep Impact is going for action in the same way. No. It's a diff- it, it has it, but it's not... It, it's more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Deep Impact's much more thoughtful. It's more of a character drama. And it's it is, not, yeah. It's not, it's not all interesting, but like, you know... No, I don't whole... think Deep Impact is a perfect movie. I think yeah. there's a lot wrong with it. I think a lot of it is quite boring. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely more looking for realism and character, and this film has no interest in any of those things. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, while we're on comparisons, what do you think of Greenland? Now, we talked about this on our bonus show. Yeah, this, watching Armageddon made me feel more positively towards greenland okay in many ways like even though because yeah, like, listeners our review of that was uh, was, was not pretty good. negative we, we yeah did not like that yeah and i still don't think that's a very good movie but i could see how that was also going for a deep impacty kind of slightly more character driven than this mm-hmm. like the, the characters in this it's not just that they're cliches because loads of movies have characters that are cliches mm-hmm. it's that they are actively loathsome <laughs> there's nobody in this movie <laughs> that you could possibly like <laughs> no no, you, they are you, horrible you're, human beings. You're right. They they all to a are, man, yeah. for a while. Like I, I quite like Steve Buscemi, mm. but by the end of the movie, I'm like, nah, just kill him. He's a pedophile, and he almost kills everyone. Yeah, is he a pedophile in this one. I'm, it, I'm, getting, I'm getting mixed up with Connor now. Connor, or, sure, yeah. Or is he just also a pedophile? I, he, I think it was basically his stock. Basically, yeah. There's, there's multiple moments in this movie when he's uh, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I swear, I didn't know how young she was. You know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's a very Michael Bay thing, apparently. Yeah, sure. Doesn't yeah. surprise me. He didn't direct Connor though, right? No, no. So well, I don't think so. At least. No, he didn't. He didn't. But um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that there's a scene in one of the Transformers movies where somebody who is dating a 17 year old girl uh, ha- has a law printed out on a business card saying that, like, in this state, it's okay. Right. Okay. It's sure. like, oh. So, yeah. That, that's <laughs> is, clearly a thing for him. Michael yeah. Bay, why have you gone out of your way to include this in your film? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, it's but the thing, this movie doesn't know that its characters are hateful. That's the thing. Like, if you do a movie mm-hmm. yeah. where every character is awful, but that's kind of the point, and it's it's fun to watch them suffer and die. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that movie. Yeah. But this movie thinks that we're supposed to like Bruce Willis. <laughs> that's a, for me is a problem because <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Bruce Willis. He's not the worst in this, as in compared to the other characters. Well, it, it's hard to pass. There's there's very few, if any, that I can say have any likable or redeeming qualities. Mm. Yeah, uh, Liv Tyler's my worst personally. I just think that this movie is just like Liv Tyler. I don't think she's necessarily a terrible actress, but I think she got, I can't think of any other actress who got a worse run in the nineties of just being cast as lady who lies down like horizontally and worries about the men in her life. Cause like basically her role in this and her role in Lord of the Rings, pretty much the same. Yeah. It's her lying down and I'm going to go off mic like this, mm-hmm. this shot where she's got, and she just, just like, swooning and worrying about her man <laughs> same thing both at least in lord of the rings she got that one great scene you know the first one where she goes if yeah, you want to horse. Yeah, yeah that's great and then for some reason they decide to just like fridge her after that mm. but in this one yeah, yeah. forget about that lord of the rings that her character actually starts off as pretty badass and mostly just, had nothing to do she has fuck all to do after the first movie and it's weird because they give her a great maybe one of the most iconic scenes in the entire franchise mm. you know if you want to come and claim him 
after that scene in which is like halfway through fellowship she does fuck all for the rest of that trilogy even in the extended cuts she gets yeah. nothing to do yeah it's weird and in this movie she gets nothing to do yeah yeah so yeah i agree she, she's a useless character but i yeah, i think this that speaks more to michael bay's complete lack of interest in or respect for women mm, definitely yeah. yeah yeah um but it just makes it so hard to to feel anything for because she's so boring in this oh she is she's she's it's, a complete dud yeah yeah and yeah sure that is unfortunate for Liv tyler but it's all i've got to go on yeah no i get it i get it and it's not like ben affleck's really raising that couple up no. <laughs> leo and kate they are not <laughs> <laughs> oh ben affleck. ben affleck was well cast for this though was he yeah because do, do, you, do you not think who would who'd you cast in this role i don't know I, I just feel like ben affleck's character was also a bit of a non-entity I felt like he was kind of... It just feels like standard Ben Affleck, though. Sure, yeah. Well, now we know that that's standard Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I, I just feel like in this movie, most of the actors just feel like they're cashing the check and they're giving you like 20%. There's mm -hmm. a couple of like, exceptions. Mm -hmm. Some people are giving 110 and yeah. we'll get to them and yeah. they're the best part. But Ben Affleck's character is just... Yeah. Considering he's like the second male lead... Mm. Again, I, I I feel nothing towards him. Like at least I hated Bruce Willis's character. Ben Affleck's character, I was just like, oh, oh you're here. Yeah, didn't it, it wasn't giving me anything. And yeah. I'm gonna talk about Owen Wilson and and, <laughs> and all that, but maybe that's more for the plot summary. Sure, yeah. So plot summary then. So this is um, Armageddon that came out in 1998, I believe, mm -hmm. and it starts off in the prehistoric age. <laughs> it does because this movie doesn't trust us to understand how dinosaurs died. We need, we need an explanation from Charlton Heston on this. <laughs> so yeah, it starts off in the dinosaur age and uh, a meteor comes and it hits earth and we see the meteor, they hit the dinosaurs and mm -hmm. the earth suddenly gets enveloped in fire. Yeah. Um, out of the fire comes the title Armageddon. Yes. With, is it the, is it the trailer guy doing a voiceover at this point? It's Charlton Heston oh, who's an actor. Yeah, but, oh, but it, it is Charlton Heston. It is Charlton Heston. Yeah, but I know what you mean. It is the, the tone of it is very inner world. Yeah, 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 it's very that. So yeah. But yeah, so then the the title Armageddon comes out of the flames, and then it explodes. Of course, yes, because he can't even wait thirty goddamn seconds before something has to explode. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that sets the tone for the movie. Oh, it completely well. does. What is the longest stretch of time in this two and a half hour movie when something does not explode? Probably that scene where Ben Affleck's playing with Liv Tyler's boobs in the desert. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're talking less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, there's an explosion every five minutes in this movie. Yeah. Something else has to blow up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so then, does it go straight to New York from here? Yes. Well, we, no, we, we, we start off on the NASA space... We start off with NASA and ah, yeah, so there's, there's a, an astronaut doing some repairs on a spaceship. Yeah, so they're doing a spacewalk out on the space center or whatever. Mm. Like maintenance um, or something, yeah. Yeah, it's not particularly interesting. Um, they somehow manage to make space boring in this instance. And uh, yeah, then they get struck by a meteor shower. Yes, you which then hits New York. You don't, you don't, you don't see anything big in the um, up, up, up in space, but like the guy's helmet breaks and like the... the the space station falls apart and NASA loses contact and then cut down to New York. Uh, do you want to skip over a couple of stereotypes here? There are a few. There, there are many stereotypes. Yeah, we have the stereotypical animated black man. We have mm. two actually and with a dog and all this. But but um, yeah, the thing about this scene that annoys me though is that it's the, it's the New York destruction scene, right? Mm. So a meteor shower lands on New York and just kills everyone basically. Mm -hmm. And you get all of the like... New York explosions. It's like this is the move. This is the moment that most of these movies, 
these disaster movies, they climax at New York getting destroyed yeah. you know, or the big city getting destroyed yeah. and all the landmarks getting blown up and, you mm-hmm. know, sent Grand Central Station goes and mm-hmm. the Twin Towers, I think, are there, which is out, mm-hmm. you know, all, all that stuff happens. It's minute seven. Yeah. And it just means that this movie has nowhere to go from there because it's already yeah. gone to like 11. See, I think that's a, that it's a strong start to a movie because it, yeah, it starts at 11 and I disagree with you. Like the movie definitely does slow down afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, like after that initial scene. So yeah, there's a whole big meteor shower. Like this meteor's flying through buildings. It's very Superman and Man of Steel. Sure. It's like knocking down um, skyscrapers and yeah, thousands probably dying, but you don't actually see anybody dying. Tens of thousands. We yeah. see many people falling from the buildings, but no one's, no one's specific because we don't care about anyone. I guess the yeah. guy who gets hit by the meteor, who's just a pair of legs at the end. Oh yeah, there is that. Yeah, He very much doesn't live through that, I don't think. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you sure. And then as I mentioned, there's the stereotypical Asian lady. Me won't go shopping. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Open your beer at that point. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, you know why? Because this is New York City. Anything could have happened. Listen to that. Uh, let me see. It could have been a terrorist bomb. Could have been a dead body. Somebody shot stabbed. And it's Friday payday too. Somebody probably jumped to get that paycheck. Yes. I want to go shopping. Me too. <laughs> but we ain't going nowhere because this is a Catholic jam. And so, yeah, then uh, New York is just in absolute shatters. Mm-hmm. Shatters? Tatters? Tatters? Whatever. Well, um, so just here's the thing, though. So... One of the plot points for the first 90 minutes of this movie is that America's not telling the rest of the world that anything's happening. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> How does the rest of the world not twig that New York just got blown up? <laughs> that never seems to come up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Because they never say that, 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 that the whole thing, like, we're not going to tell the rest of the world about this. It's all about America is number one. Well, I mean, they can just they can just say, like, it was a meteor shower. They don't need to say, it was a meteor shower caused by, there's a massive meteor on the way. Sure, so at the next UN convention or whatever, the mm. American president, you know, I don't know, that Kofi Annan's like, hey, so what happened to New York? Where did it go? And they're like, oh yeah, it was a meteor shower. Okay, no further questions. Like, yeah. <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. So then we cut to a an oil rig uh, somewhere. Um, well, this is because the, sorry, just to get the plot in, it's very mm-hmm. important we get this plot right, Harry. We go to a meteor, we go to an oil rig because NASA, when they learn that this asteroid the size of Texas mm-hmm. is heading towards Earth. Yeah. And it's going to cause a, what's the phrase they use? Because it really annoyed me that they didn't say extinction level event because that's what everyone calls it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a global killer. Oh, yeah, gl- yeah. Everything in this movie is in the most lay, lay, lay of layman's terms. <laughs> Not just like dumbed down, but like super dumbed down. Mm-hmm. So they, they can't even say it's an extinction level event. They have mm-hmm. to say it's a global killer. Yeah. And it's the size of Texas, this asteroid. So, yeah. Well, I mean, a- there might be some things where they've intentionally used uh, some different phrases to deep impact. Like, so fun fact about deep impact, which. Wait a minute, I might be about to recite our previous episode, something that you said. I don't know. Um, in Morgan Freeman's speech in that, he was supposed to say, and today they will rue the... I don't know, this, this was going to be our Armageddon. Oh, used, yes, and then they... Yeah. yeah, he was supposed to use the word Armageddon, and that was going to be in the trailers of Deep Impact and everything. Sure. to cut that last minute. So, I don't know, maybe it worked both ways. And this one, oh, I don't know why I'm giving this film the benefit of that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, but whatever reason, they decide to call it a global killer. But yeah, ultimately, the American government decide that they need to handle this in-house they can't possibly mm-hmm. tell the rest of the world yeah and after many pitches for ways to solve the problem mm-hmm. they ultimately land on we're going to 
send some people into space to drill into the middle of the asteroid mm-hmm. and then we're going to explode a nuke from inside it. Yeah. Because just nuking, it's not going to be enough. No. It's like if you hold a firework in your hand mm-hmm. rather than exploding it on your open palm mm-hmm. is the analogy they use for some reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they need to send the world's best drillers onto this asteroid. Yeah. So first of all, okay, they think it's easier to send drillers rather mm. than astronauts. Yeah, um, well, that to, was to, to train drillers to go to space rather than to train astronauts to use the drill. Yeah, well, which... apparently Ben Affleck, I don't know if you know this, Ben Affleck yeah. apparently uh, asked on set, asked that very question to Michael Bay earlier in the film. It was <laughs> like, wait, wouldn't it be easier for them to train astronauts to drill than train drillers to be astronauts? Mm. And Michael Bay's uh, response was, shut up. That, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you know what? Fine. We could, yeah, that, I'm sure that, that, we'll get yeah, into... That is, for, that is for the movie. Yeah. It, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get into a lot of the scientific issues with this movie, but yeah. I don't want to dwell too much on it because ultimately this movie doesn't care, so why should I? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because yeah, Deep Impact did it the other way around, didn't it? It trained the, trained the astronauts to use a drill. Yeah. Well, Deep Impact was probably not 100% accurate in any way, but it was no. pretty close. <laughs> like, it was, it was trying for some level of realism. Yeah. Like, the... Events of Deep Impact take place over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Like they discover it's going to hit a year away before it happens. Mm-hmm. In this film, it takes place over 18 days. Yeah. 18 days between them actually discovering that the meet between the meteor shower in New York and the time when it's supposed to hit the UK, the UK, the time when it's supposed to hit the world, when it's supposed mm-hmm. to impact the earth, 18 days. Yeah. 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 Believable. I mean, it's believable that that's how long it would take between us noticing and it hitting. Sure. But like then the, the actual, the character arcs that happen in here of like them, you know, training up. Um, yeah. Yeah. 18, 18 days does feel brief. Something of a stretch, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we cut to this, uh, this, this drilling rig, which is where we get introduced to most of our main cast consisting of Bruce Willis, uh, Ben Affleck. Let's see who else is there. Uh, Steve Buscemi's here at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the other... I don't think Owen Wilson's here at this point. I don't think any of the other ones that I noticed. I mean, there are, oh, Michael Clark Duncan, Michael yeah. Clark Duncan yeah. from the Green Mile. He's here at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they seem to live on this rig uh, mm-hmm. while they're while they're drilling for oil. Well, this is the thing. So we're introduced to Bruce Willis, who is the hero of this movie. Mm. He is a millionaire oil tycoon. Mm-hmm. That's our hero. Is a millionaire oil tycoon, not yes. like an everyman, not like a you know, <laughs> nope. very much one of the work. And and it, we're introduced to him standing on his oil rig, firing off golf balls at a Greenpeace protest boat. <laughs> yeah. So like, in, and like smoking a cigar, like uh-huh. that is so Donald Trump. Yeah. That is the, I mean, that's another thing. Guarantee you everybody in this movie without exception voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> Everyone who lived in this movie went on to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So, yeah. So instantly I'm like, I hate you. Just Bruce Willis smoking his cigar. He's an oil tycoon firing golf balls at fucking Greenpeace. I'm like, I dislike you. You're everything I dislike in a human being. Yeah. And he's our hero. Yeah, he is. And there's no like arc he where he like learns to be a better man. He, that's just who he is. He he is like the smartest, writes about everything, pinnacle of manhood in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's a it's a tough sell for me i'm not gonna lie that's that's fair yeah but, that's fair. yeah but so we're introduced to him so yeah bruce willis uh he walks into ben affleck's room how do you call it that it looked pretty shitty but yeah, yeah um they have some kind of arguments over something yeah yeah so they have a bit of an argument over something i think that uh ben affleck was i don't know maybe he did some drilling in the middle of the night or something, something yeah because like that. that's easy to do yeah 
on this multi-billion pound so, dollar risk. A subtle task that he can yeah, do he in the middle of the night without Yeah, he can just quietly do a bit of, bit of oil drilling. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of shows that Ben Affleck, he doesn't play by the rules. Yes, yes. He's, he's a bad boy. He is, very um, much so. Whereas Bruce Willis, he uh, he, he plays by the rules. He's, well, I think it's more that everyone has to go by Bruce Willis's rules, whether he's going by them or not. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't it. think Bruce Willis is supposed to be like a big stick in the mud. Yeah. But then Bruce Willis, he notices that there's like a bra on the chair or yes. something like that. And uh, he pulls back the, the the quilt on Ben Affleck's bed and uh, Liv Tyler doesn't move at all. No. <laughs> she just, she, she acts like she's dead. It's yeah. weird. Do you notice this? It's like Bruce Willis's vision is based on movement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Liv Tyler is there. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck has clearly been sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that she says, hello, Harry. Yes. Um, instead of, hi, dad. Yes. Because it's just their way of showing that, like, she's not that emotionally connected to her dad. She's a she's her own woman, God damn it. Yeah. yeah. Even though he is acting as though she's, like, a 14-year-old girl who really Oh, yeah, he's incredibly him. paternalistic with her, yeah. Because she's, yeah. like, what, 30? I don't yeah. know, at this point. <laughs> <Must> like, <be. laughs> but, yeah, he treats her like she's a little girl. Yeah, which sure whatever mm. i'll move past it yeah one thing i couldn't move past yeah. was that because this 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 becomes a discussion i mean we'll get into bruce willis's ridiculous reaction to them sleeping together mm-hmm. but this becomes a discussion where it becomes clear that Liv tyler has been raised on this oil rig I, i'm not sure it was like on this oil rig but just on, on oil rigs on oil rigs yeah by bruce willis and his crew yeah so the, steve buscemi michael mostly steve buscemi but also mm. michael clark duncan and all the other ones they're all they're all making a lot of references to the fact that they basically raised her as a daughter as yeah. their own daughter like there's one throwaway line where Liv tyler says when i got my first period steve buscemi had to show me how to put it in mm-hmm. and then obviously you know that's when bruce willis is like what the fuck and he's like i told her i told her how to put it in like, <laughs> but then Oh, in one breath, they're like, oh, this this little girl, we've, we've literally raised her from childhood. Mm-hmm. She's like a daughter to all of us. Yeah. In the same breath, they're like, she's so fucking hot, though. <laughs> it's so upsetting. Yeah. It's truly upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, yeah, very true. Um, where was I? Uh, so Bruce Willis finds yes. that yeah, they're so, sleeping together. Yeah, so Bruce Willis has found that uh, Ben Affleck is sleeping with his daughter, Liv Tyler, mm-hmm. and so he just goes insane. Um, and, <laughs> he uh, seems to make this decision quite re- calmly, actually. Well, I got the impression that it's happened before. Yeah. And this isn't the first time he's picked up a gun and tried to murder Ben Affleck. Yeah, his reaction to finding out that Ben Affleck is sleeping with his daughter is to chase him around an active oil rig yeah. <laughs> with a shotgun and just shoot at him. Yeah. Yeah. And like... He's shooting not just at Ben Affleck, but like in his general direction. Yeah. And a shotgun, that's not like a pistol where like a single bullet. A shotgun is like there's a spray of yes. bullets and shrapnel. And like it's, you know, it's very dangerous. Also, it's an oil rig. There, there are a lot of other people on our oil rig who are you know, nearby Ben Affleck at, at different yeah. times. Cause also, Bruce Willis isn't always shooting from like close by. No. It's often like Ben Affleck's there in the distance amongst like some other people. Mm-hmm. And he'll just shoot. It's Yeah, it's crazy. And Ben Affleck does get like very minorly shot. He gets a ricochet. Yeah, he gets like a, he gets shot in the leg and mm. Liv Tyler's like, you shot him. And he's like, it was a ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what was Bruce Willis thinking was going to happen? That like he was going to murder Ben Affleck. And then, then what? He's on international waters. It's fine. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a man, Harry. That's what men do when other men sleep with their daughters. I forgot about international waters. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so ultimately Bruce Willis doesn't approve of Ben Affleck. To put it mildly, um, that's, yeah. that's the message we get from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also, did Bruce Willis even know that she was on the oil rig? And if not... It seems like she's been there the whole time. If not, how did she get there? 
No, I think it's supposed to be that she lives there with him. Uh, okay, sure. It does make it look like she's handling like the business or the client side. Yeah, no, it seems that she is doing the admin of yeah. the oil rig in, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. So, Seemingly, she's learned Japanese for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden they discover oil or something. I don't know. They, Whatever. They, they, they break through. And I think that because of something that Ben Affleck did that last night, oil goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty insane. Um, everybody gets covered in the oil people are dropping pipes many people nearly die mm-hmm. and the japanese investors are like wow that was a good show yeah um well anyway that's them and uh, then i think they get they get a call from uh, billy bob thornton from nasa well nasa a nasa helicopter lands on the oil rig and demands I mean, I think that... he gets a call first doesn't he no 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 they just land and then d- demand that bruce willis comes with them and he takes Liv Tyler with him because he, he doesn't trust mm-hmm. ben affleck and then yeah. he also fires Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. He's like, get that. He sells his like second in command. He's like, get that boy off the ship, mm-hmm. or off the rig, whatever. So he fires Ben Affleck, takes Liv Tyler with him to Washington mm-hmm. and they, they go to visit NASA. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so he gets briefed on what's going on. We don't see it. We just sort of see his reaction, mm-hmm. um, which feels like a bizarre thing that they cut out of this very, very long film. Sure. I mean, any cut is fine with me. <laughs> Anything to just cut this down a little bit. So yeah, so then they they say the plan, like, yeah, we're going to train up these astronauts to uh, uh, use your drill, um, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we have all your patents here. We have we have the drill that you've designed or whatever. Oh, that's it. Yeah, they've cause, stolen cause, the cause, design of the drill. Because, yeah, you're right. Bruce Willis is the chosen one. He is good at everything. Yep. Absolutely everything. Oh, I forgot to mention, sorry. Bruce Willis's distracting die job. <laughs> I didn't notice this. His, oh my God, I couldn't stop looking at it. Like, because he's, you know, he's basically bald and he's yeah. clearly gray, mm. but he's got this like peroxide blonde die job in this movie it was very distracting yeah not, to, a, not a fan no it was just it just looked it didn't suit him in the slightest mm. he had frosted tips but his hair is all tips <laughs> like, there's, there's no <laughs> sure yeah it bugged me um yeah so billy von thornton's like yeah well we're going to train these astronauts to use your drill mm-hmm. and uh, well you're going to train them and uh then bruce willis makes a very weak argument of like where you can't teach them how to use a drill it takes like years of training to whereas use, going to, into to space that, that that's a weekend no you need, you need to teach my guys how to go to space mm-hmm. and billy bob thornton just sort of like he face palms or something rolls his eyes something, sure his whole something. his whole role is just reacting to yeah. bruce willis shit bruce willis says yeah. there's not much of an argument there to try and talk some sense into bruce willis they're just no. like yeah sure let's just go with it because then we'll get a movie with some charisma yeah sure because all the astronauts do look very very boring that's true yeah um, I mean, they're made well, anyone who, who who has like intelligence and training <laughs> and professional credentials <laughs> is just like a big old dull dud in this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all about the wild cards, baby. And so then it cuts to a montage of Bruce Willis's team being assembled. It's the which, let's get the gang back together. Yeah, montage. Always confused me what the time jump was here. Because, yes, because like it's a get the team back together, but like. We've already been introduced to half of this team yeah. in what I assume was this morning. Yeah. Well, when he goes to <laughs> when he goes to find Ben Affleck in he, the time since Ben Affleck has been fired from his oil rig yeah. and they've flown to basically. And bear in mind, the very first scene of this movie establishes an eighteen-day time. Yeah. Know. In the next scene, <laughs> Ben Affleck has somehow set up his own oil company. <laughs> He's founded his own oil company. There's a big billboard that says AJ Frost, President yeah. Oil Inc. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a big, and he's like, oh God, you know, I'm so glad I don't work for you anymore. Working for us, being my own boss, that's the real deal. It's like, how, 
<laughs> How long has this been going on? See, this would have been better if it was like one year later. Yes, exactly. Or, or Do it deep like impact. That. Yeah. yeah. That like that would make perfect sense. But no, well, the fact that it's sometime within what was it, eighteen days or yeah. something. It's and, like this could and, have and happened then, after lunch. It's the yeah. same day. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben Affleck is apparently extremely capable. Yeah. Because he managed to set up that business all in just a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And everybody else managed to, you know, clean all clean all the oil off themselves, travel off the rig and go and, you know, get on motorbikes in Central America or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot going on. So yeah, this is when we're introduced to the remaining cast of the film. Yeah. So we've got Owen Wilson, we've got Steve Buscemi. You got anybody else? Uh, yes, yeah, so there's Steve Buscemi, uh, who's like a He's he's like seems like he's on the on the rig. He's Bruce Willis's second in command, more or less. He seems mm-hmm. like he's like the right hand man, and he's we're established. He's a genius. He's like a scientific genius, yeah. and also very likely a pedophile. Yeah, because when the NASA people come and try and take Bruce Willis away on the helicopter, he's like, I swear to God, I didn't know how old she was, and that's mm-hmm. like the oh no, they're not after you, you know. Yeah. That's like a running gag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then there is Michael Clark Duncan, mm-hmm. who is the uh, you know the guy from the Green Mile, mm-hmm. and he's very much playing that same character he plays in most things, which is. Uh, Big, giant, beefy black guy who's also secretly very sensitive and cries easily. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's how he that's what he did. That was his character in yeah. pretty much everything. It's funny. It, yeah, it worked. It's, it's one of the better ones. Yeah. Uh, we have Owen Wilson, who I always forget is in this movie. Yeah, me too. Always. <laughs> me too. He's so not in it. Yeah. He's got like three lines of dialogue in the whole movie. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He, he's like, his character is cowboy. <laughs> like, because there's yeah. that scene when he's like riding his horse and all the NASA, you know. Mm helicopters and cars are behind him because all these people are running away from nasa for reasons unclear well they're all bad boys they're all John. bad boys, they're, sure, all bad yeah, boys. Yeah. They're, they're running away from authority mm, yeah. but owen wilson being a cowboy never comes up again i don't know why it, it sure yeah i mean it's just his style but yeah i don't know whatever um it really does feel like a lot of them are running from the law oh yeah like, are they all outlaws because that would be kind of cool if they gave if, these characters any kind of backstory yeah, like it if, would... it, if it was con air but yeah. they're going to destroy Meteor. Yeah, like, sure. That would that would that would be great. Steve Buscemi's there as a pedophile. It works. Yeah, it's sending the worst people in the world to go and yeah. But no, yeah. well, these are the worst people in the world, but they don't really have backstories. No. So yeah, there's Owen Wilson. He's a cowboy and also just a the most forgotten man in this movie. <laughs> uh, Will Patton plays a gambling addict who's also a deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm. There's a guy called Max who's just the token fat guy. <laughs> okay, well that's all. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, totally, totally what other is. character trait does he have? He operates a drill. He's the drill operator. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Operates a drill. Is fat. That's it. That's his character. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I didn't notice that there were like loads of fat jokes in this or anything. No, I don't think so. Not especially. Cool. So I just want to point out a bit of not terrible writing just for a second. Okay, sure. I'll give you that. Like, I mean, he doesn't have any. They don't give him anything else though. No, they do not. He's no. just there. Oh, I did not say it was good writing. No, no, no. Heaven for Thunder. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all of them though. Steve Buscemi, Michael Clark Duncan, Owen Wilson, Will Patton, uh, token fat guy, and Ben Affleck. Yeah, that's them. Yeah, it's uh, quite the Suicide Squad. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So to be honest, you say that this film stays at eleven throughout the whole film. This is the bit where it now really... Oh, there's a out. long, boring sequence here. Yeah, yeah now this goes on for like, what, an hour yeah. or something? Th- that's it, actually, that's true. There is a lot of this movie that is just talking. Yeah. It, this movie, it's either expl- something exploding or everyone's talking. Mm. There's nothing else. There's no middle ground. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, it's just getting these men who... They're, they're a ragtag bunch of extremely unqualified people to be astronauts mm-hmm. who are supposed to be astronauts. Yeah. And it's just... We're just watching them on a crash course of being an astronaut without actually getting into the detail of being an astronaut. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, 
like now looking back on it, I do wonder what about this section of the film I actually enjoy and what is interesting. <laughs> Not much <laughs> because it's very forgettable. It's yeah. Th- th- this section is very is very overlong and it is very boring. So the only bits from this section that I remember are the bit that I enjoyed was when they all make their demands to the government. Yes, they have their list of demands for what they want in recompense for this life-risking, world-saving yeah. operation. So things like they all want their criminal re- records wiping, yeah. which, to be fair, would be a better bit if they actually had criminal records that we knew of. Yeah, exactly. Other, These other, other, other characters. Maybe Steve Buscemi has something to do with girls. Yeah, there's something like Steve Buscemi wants a bunch of women to be smuggled into the country from Mexico or something. Yeah. And uh, Owen Wilson has a bunch of unpaid parking tickets. Yeah, sure. Great. Sure. I think one of them has a gambling debt. Yeah, there, there, there are some things, but then it ends with Bruce Willis kind of going, oh, and yeah, none of us want to pay taxes ever again. Yeah. Because this is a right-wing movie. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the verdict? They'll do it. They've made a few requests, though. Such as? Uh, a few things here. Uh... Nothing really big, uh, just, well, I mean, as an example, uh, uh, Oscar here has got some outstanding parking tickets and wants them wiped off his record. 56 tickets in seven states. I'll, I'll tell him, Oscar, I got it. Okay. Uh, Noonan's got two women friends that he'd like to see made American citizens, no questions asked. Max would like you to bring back eight track tapes. Not sure if that's gonna work, but uh, let's see what else. Uh, Chick wants a... Uh, Four weeks, Emperor's Package at Caesar's Palace. Uh, hey, you guys wouldn't be able to tell us who actually killed Kennedy, would you? Um, Bear would like to stay at the White Horse. Thing. White House. White House. White House. Yeah, he'd like to stay in the Lincoln bedroom of the White House for the summer. Stuff like that. Sure, I think we can... Uh take care of some of that. Harry. Yeah, one more thing. Um, None of them want to pay taxes again. Ever. Yeah, so I'm just going to skip to uh, a bit bit later on. Now, what I think is the most iconic bit of this movie, but only Mm. because it's referenced in Monsters, Inc. Sure. Is uh, (laughs) the uh, slow motion bit where they walk towards the camera when they're all about to get on the rockets. Oh, yeah, that's the trailer shot. Sure, yeah. yeah. So NASA has just... They have two rockets just ready to go. Yeah. Just in case, at 18 days' notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They have these two, like, super high-class rockets that have never been... What are they called? Freedom and Liberty, isn't it? It's, Something it's, like it's that. Very yeah. Ameri- it's like America and fuck yeah. That's yeah. What it's America <laughs> and fuck yeah. <laughs> They're the two ships. <laughs> that would have been way better. <laughs> More honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they've got these two ships. They're, they're, they're ready. So the crew is mixed of the, the drilling team mm-hmm. and there's a few astronauts. So none of the drillers are actually going to be flying these ships. No, that would be a stretch too far, even for Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, they're just going to be passengers on the ships, which, you know what? I'd say that makes sense. Sure, fine. Okay, at, I can... at, at, at that point, when they don't actually have to do any astronaut stuff other than just sit there. Yeah. What doesn't make sense is that these ships, when they go up to space, they need to go and dock with... Uh, with Mir. They don't call it Mir, but it's Mir. The Russian space station. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they have to go and dock with that. Which, to refuel. To, to, to refuel. Fair enough, they need to go and like put some, put some fuel in the tank because sure. they you know, use them to take off. 
But uh, the fact that it's the drillers who have to do that operation, mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. No. Why is Ben Affleck thrown down a hole? No, and, I didn't understand. Did Ben Affleck blow up Mia? Yes, but it, it didn't. It didn't make it his fault. What? What was? I didn't understand. I mean, I didn't really care. But like, yeah, it's it, it, he goes down to like fiddle with some stuff, and then Peter Storm because Peter Stormery he plays. He, he he goes down to turn a lever, which essentially it opens the fuel tap. Yes. And then when it gets to a certain pressure, i.e., the fuel tank is full, I guess. Yeah, sure. He has to put the lever back to close to stop the tap to close the tap. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's. That, that, that's how simple it is but he opens it and then when he has to go and close it the lever breaks sure so it's his fault well it's not his fault that the lever broke like remember in, in last week's film like the, the lever to the door broke oh shadow it? in the cloud yeah yeah sure yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like that's not her fault that it broke it just broke okay fine yeah because this is my other theory from watching this movie is that i feel like one subplot of this movie is that death is stalking ben affleck at every turn <laughs> Every moment Ben Affleck is just being stalked by the specter of death and then for some reason someone else dies instead. Yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say that it was, it just felt like a very American, well, it's, it's, it's another Michael Bay stereotype. Like it's kind of an American view on other people's space travel. Oh yeah, because they where, say, like, oh, this, this Russian space station's held together by like elastic bands and hope, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's all falling apart and like yeah. a lever snaps and nobody can hear or see Ben Affleck. And then the whole thing blows up and, yeah. you know, they fly away in freedom and li- liberty. These very shiny, slick spaceships that work perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. America's better than everybody. Okay, yeah. we get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we do have to talk a little bit about Pisa Stormery, though. Yeah, yeah. He, he's maybe my favorite thing in this movie. I mean, he's basically <laughs> doing Borat before Borat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty... Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I appreciate that he is one of the actors who's giving it who knows what movie he's in a hundred percent and is giving a performance. Like his Russian is in ridiculous, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's really chewing on all the scenery. Whereas a lot of the other actors are just kind of like, say cash in the check. But I, yeah. I enjoyed piece of story with his like, you Americans, you don't know what you want. <laughs> cowboys. You don't know anything. <laughs> to be fair, he's right. Yeah, no, just, yeah, but I just, I, I enjoyed his character the most, I think. Yeah. Quick shout out to the fact uh, that there there was correctly no gravity in the two American spaceships, but when they get on board the Russian space station, there's just full gravity. Sure. It's just, okay. Yeah. Sure. I, it's a weird world you live in, but fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get too bogged down. I mean, there'll be some scientific clangers that we'll talk about, but mm. on the whole, I was just like, this movie's not trying. I'm no. not going to, I'm not going to take a list of all the scientific things this gets wrong. Another quick shout out to the fact that when, the is it Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck that get caught in the space station like that they, they, they almost get left behind no it's uh Ben Affleck and Peter Stormare right right yeah that when they get left behind somebody closes an airlock behind them and then and then Peter Stormare's like wait we can we, we we can go another way yes like there's a there's a secret way I mean it'll be it'll be cold but like there's another way that we can no do you have any idea how small space um, space stations are yeah it also <laughs> says it's under 100 degrees in this so they would <laughs> What did they? they die instantly <laughs> and then when they get to the they get right. to the boat i, I promise uh. i wouldn't do this but they get to the dock and the the, the spaceship is leaving mm-hmm. and michael clark duncan is closing has closed the the, the airlock mm-hmm. but then and the spaceship already taken off and the space station is exploding yeah and he opens the, the airlock again to let the two of them scramble in it's like wouldn't that be when everyone got sucked out to die? <laughs> I don't think they detached from the ship. Remember, oh, okay. that, remember like, you know, this is actually a very confusingly shot scene. It is difficult to, to know what's going on. 
But remember, there are two spaceships. So, like, one of them has probably already left, mm-hmm. and then they get in the other sure, one. Sure, okay. You, you might be getting confused with, with which ship. But, yeah, it, it's not... It's, the scene is not told very well at all. No. And, uh, yeah, it really does take some liberties in how space actually works. Sure. <laughs> Fortunately, after this, it's all smooth sailing for the scientific <laughs> elements. You know, nothing else is... No, no more liberties are taken after I this. I mean, there's no glaring mistakes other than just stuff like, you know, how they get down to the meteor and stuff like that. How it does is... a fire on the spe- on the asteroid. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that one. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Also, yeah. everyone can hear everyone from just shouting. They've got radios in, in their... Um, oh, okay. In, I in, in okay, fine. I, I, that, I, that, that one makes sense. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll take that one back. You damn, damn right you will. <laughs> you leave this film alone. Okay, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> tell your story. Uh, <laughs> tell your little story. So yeah, they uh, they they take off from the Russian space station, unknown if they got uh, all the fuel that they needed, but mm-hmm. it never comes up again. Nope. Um. So sure. Yeah. Uh, their plan is to fly to the moon, slingshot around the moon. And, uh, you know, sneak up behind the asteroid. Yeah, because the asteroid in this movie ha- is like, it's like the Mount of, Ma- it's like Mount Mordor. It's, yeah. it's basically like, <laughs> yeah. got, it's like an eye, you know, in a, it's got a whole personality. <laughs> like, it's villainous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the slingsho- slingshotting around the moon bit, great. Yeah. Yeah, sci- scientifically, that, that that sounds good to me. Sure, okay. Um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, and so they go to land on the, on, on, on the meteor. I you know, I do need to look up if it's meteor or meteorite or asteroid. It's an asteroid. The meteors are the smaller ones that rain down on the planet and wipe out all the different countries. Uh, the asteroid is the big one. Well, no, I, okay. I thought that it was like a meteor if it doesn't, like if it burns up in the atmosphere, but it's a meteorite if it actually like hits the ground. Oh, I have no idea. I don't care. <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, they land on the thing. Well, one um, of them does. Ben, ben Affleck's... Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say that, yeah. So... They both go and make their landing, mm-hmm. and for one of the ships, it goes perfectly. Not the... perfectly, but they survive. Well, because yeah. they overshoot. That's another plot point. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but for the but for the first one, it does not go so well. I forget if this is freedom or liberty. I think um, it's liberty, but... but it's one with Ben Affleck and a couple other characters, and so yeah, they get hit by just another smaller meteor mm-hmm. um, because there's loads around. I mean. It looks insane the landing that they that they attempt. Sure, yeah. Um, it's a miracle that even one of them landed, mm-hmm. and yeah. So one of them gets destroyed. Yeah, pr- pr- it pr- crash pr- lands pr- and pr- it, it it's um it crash lands and it drops off of like telecommunications. So they all assume yeah. that they're all dead. Initially, the windscreen gets gets blown yeah. out and the pilots get sucked out into space. Don't know why they weren't wearing spacesuits. Yeah, because like you know that this landing is going to be insanely dangerous mm-hmm. and there will probably be multiple breaches to the but, ship. Well, that's different. They're all just sat around chatting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, while they're going at, like, ridiculous speeds and being flung around and all sorts, they're just like, yeah, helmets off, chatting. Yeah. So, I mean, the pilots all, quite rightfully, get sucked out of the window. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson dies <clears> here. Um, is that when he dies? Yes, it is. Okay. He, he dies on this landing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Mike, Ben Affleck and Michael Clark Duncan and... Piece of storm, right? They survive. They're all seemingly fine. Yeah. Um, and so is their big drilling machine. Yes, but everyone, everyone else thinks they're dead. Yeah, yeah, because they've because they've lost all contact and everything. And yeah, yeah they land, and well, when we get to them, at least gravity is completely normal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Fine. <clears throat> which, sure. I mean, after a while, you gotta kind of say like, okay, fine, because it would be a nightmare to film everything in zero gravity. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It works for something like Apollo 13 when you're in a very confined space in like one very small room. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can understand how they can film that on a plane with, you know, those planes that go up and down to simulate zero gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, when it's like a whole big set that they've got a cart of Ben Affleck around in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so there's there's fire and there's all sorts <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And the fact that not more people are dead. Yeah. Um, and that their big drill vehicle is it's, it's just fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We'll just go with this. How bold would this film have been if it had just killed Ben Affleck then? Yes, that would have been a more interesting movie. Yeah. For sure. Like if it literally killed half the cast when, you know, half of them crashed. Yeah. Also, Liv Tyler's yeah. reaction to Ben Affleck dying is so underwhelming. <laughs> go on. Well, it's just, she, she doesn't do anything. She's, she's, she's listening on the radio and then I think they say, oh, Liberty's gone down, mm. all presumed dead. And she just kind of goes, uh. <laughs> she, she just gives you nothing. Yeah. We didn't talk about the scene when he stuck fucking animal crackers down a cooch. How did we skip through that scene? <laughs> Sorry, it was boring. <laughs> we skipped through the entire midsection, yeah, and most of it was boring, but how did we not talk about that scene? Sorry, Where they on. just let... I can only assume they let uh, Ben Affleck just, like, riff for a while. <laughs> this can't have been in the script, because he starts doing a whole accent. Ben, ben Affleck, can you, can you ad-lib for us? Yes, but I need some crackers. Give me some animal crackers and an unconvincing Australian accent. Yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, he does this whole weird bit. Uh, well, first of all, there's a scene when he, he proposes to Liv Tyler. Yeah. Because the every scene with Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck together in this movie is completely insane. Because mm-hmm. it's like, where are they? Yeah. Relative to everyone else, where are they? Yeah. When he proposes to it while they're both in like an aircraft hangar, maybe? Yeah, I think so. And they're just sat there. It's a lot of, it's a lot of shoulder kissing. Mm. It's a lot of sensual... Because, you know, you hot as part of a person's body. The shoulder. Just... Kissing the shoulder. I wouldn't be surprised if all of the locations in this shot are places that Michael Bay owns. Oh, sure, yeah. And he's just kind of showing off like, yeah, I'm Michael Bay. I've got my own aircraft hangar. Sure. Well, I assumed that this was at least part of the NASA. Because Bruce Willis is like wandering through and he spots these, like watching his daughter getting, you know, having some hot shoulder action with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And then he proposes to her. So that there's that scene. But then also there's a random scene where they're yeah, in some kind of park mm. yep. somewhere, who knows. Uh, and Ben Affleck, yeah, he's doing a whole bit with an Australian, a fake Australian accent. And yeah, he shoves an, he shoves an animal cracker, like <laughs> up her foof. That's what he does. Like right under her knickers, like into her. Like, I don't know. We've established the female body is not, something I've spent a lot of time exploring, but uh, surely that's just asking for some kind of cystitis situation to occur. Uh, I, I don't get the impression. Crumbs that my, in your vagina? I don't get the impression that Michael Bay or Ben Affleck know much about vaginas. Fair enough. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, also, I'm not saying they're both gay. No, no, no. I Michael Bay's not gay. I mean, well, he probably is because he's fucking so consumed with like insane homophobia. It probably does come from some kind of gay place. But anyway, I just think it's, it really made me laugh though. So yeah, Ben Affleck is essentially st- shoving animal crackers into her <laughs> vagina. And then she kind of turns around and goes, do you think there's anyone else anywhere in the world doing exactly what we're doing right now? And I'm like, no! I think that she was also ad-libbing at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? That makes perfect sense. Just yeah. like, Ben Affleck, please stop touching stop me. Stop shoving just, animal crackers just, into my vagina. Just leave me alone. I, can we stop? Can we stop the cameras? <sighs> Yeah, poor Liv Tyler. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you think anyone else in this world is doing anything? Any, and, and he says something like, I hope, I sure hope so. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing this for? It's like, what, you're doing this for people who have a fetish for shoving biscuits up women's fucking vaginas? What the <laughs> fuck is that? Yeah. The gazelle now faces man's most perilous question. North. South. 
way down under. Tune in next week. <laughs> Baby, do you think it's possible that anyone else in the world is doing this very same thing at this very same moment? I hope so. Otherwise, what the hell are we trying to say? So anyway, that was a bit of a sidetrack, but that I, we couldn't not talk about that scene. So yes, Ben Affleck is not dead. Him and his crew are now stranded and mm-hmm. they, they are presumed dead. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back on Bruce Willis's ship, mm-hmm. they've overshot. Yeah. They've misjudged the landing and rather than landing in an optimal place for drilling, mm-hmm. they've landed in the worst place for drilling. Yeah. Where the surface is like, it's, someone compares it to like a sheet of iron. Mm-hmm. So they're instantly so th- th- on the, this is the This is the one section of the film where Steve Buscemi... Uh, shows why he's there. Yes, because he like, is this genius. Yeah, he, he's a, like he is genuinely a genius. His mm-hmm. his character in this. Yes. Yeah, sure. He's creepy in most aspects of his life, mm-hmm. but in this one, he's actually the best at what he does. They did showcase that again in the boring part of the film when you just see a scene of him in the interrogation room and he's just solving a Rubik's cube and he's like, "You think oh, yeah. easiest piss?" Yeah. It's just like, yeah, because that's what they do. Like, yeah. just just give him a Rubik's <laughs> cube, let him go. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's an IQ test. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, they've uh, they, they've landed in a particularly difficult place to drill, mm-hmm. and so they start drilling because they don't really have an option. Yeah, and I think they immediately break a drill head. Yeah, and uh, the drilling goes very very slowly. They've mm-hmm. got what about four hours or something before the meteor hits this. I forget if they give this line a name, but like, there's a line. It's like well, it's, it, it, it's terminal like, velocity, isn't it? It's like when it breaks the Earth's atmosphere, kind of thing. It's not terminal velocity. It's. Uh, well, they don't give it a name, but it's like, if you don't blow up the meteor by this point, we're all dead. If you yes. blow it up beforehand, then the meteor will split in two and they will pass by either side of the Earth. Yes, after a certain point, it'll be, even if they do blow it up, both these the two sides of it would will just land on Earth anyway and yeah. destroy everything. So, yeah. Which I kind of wanted to see. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I forget at which point from here it is where just out of nowhere, Paris gets destroyed. Oh yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a very pointless scene when a me- when some meteors hit Paris. There's loads like more cliches. Yeah, loads more loads of cliches. Yeah, <laughs> People cycling down like cobbled streets with breadsticks sticking out. Yeah, but like yeah, everywhere that's not America is just like collateral damage. I mean, America had New York that got hit. They, pretty... they did lose New York. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't tell anyone about that. No, so. <laughs> no. But also, the Amer- the American president is addressing the entire world. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the president of the world. Did, he's the president of the world. Did you not know yeah. that America is the most powerful country? Yeah, it is. And he's giving his like speech and he's like, well, first of all, it's daylight everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's no time. <laughs> it's daylight everywhere in the world. Uh-huh. They're all listening on shitty little radios. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Unless they're in America, in which case they can afford a TV. Yeah, the Americans are watching it on TV. Yeah, yeah, the they've, rest, d- they've discovered yeah. the technology. Everyone else is just like trying to wind up the old Victrola. Yeah. <laughs> from their cave yeah um and yeah and he says something like this is an armageddon event it's like well that's not gonna cause mass panic is it like, <laughs> fucking sugarcoat it a little bit mr president the bible called this the end of day yeah it gets you're, very all, you're, you're, you're all going to die it's like yeah basically it's, it's like yes we are all going to die america like, out if it is an armageddon event then by definition that means it's the end of the world yes but if it goes like if if it's a success, you know, if Bruce Willis drills and nukes this thing, a success, then it's not the end of the world. Therefore, it's not. Armageddon. I think at this point they've so, they've, they've given up hope. Yeah. I think I think the Paris explosion happens in the period when they've lost contact with. Ah, yeah, because don't they lose contact with Bruce Willis's ship as well? They do. Yes, right. they do. Yeah. And there's a whole bit that's it's too boring to go into where they. <laughs> 
it says a lot that this is a boring part of the movie, but um, yeah, where the Americans in NASA are trying to just cut their losses and blow up the nuke from uh, yeah. the ground. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is when, um, I forget who it is, but like the captain of the ship, like he's a named actor. What's his name? I again? forget, I can't remember. Um, it turns out that they, they had like a plan B up there, just like, well, in case it all goes crazy and like, you know, Steve Buscemi goes insane or whatever, which clearly does happen. They have a, a handgun locked away. Yes, and so he he unlocks this handgun, takes it out, and points it at Bruce Willis, and then the nuclear bomb starts going off. It's like a better director would have been able to make that scene very tense. Yeah, th- th- this was uh, I, this this is the scene I just I'd lost patience. I was just like, get yeah. to yeah. the point, <laughs> kill Bruce Willis, send Ben Affleck home. We know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Wind it up. Yeah, but, yeah. and uh, yeah, at some point there is also the scene where w- when they're starting to give up because like their drill. Like it's breaking oh, down. Breaking, like yeah. like they've they've got very little drilling equipment or ten or whatever uh, left. Like it's not going to work, and they've not drilled anywhere near far enough. Yeah, and they're all basically giving up. Especially Steve Buscemi, who's like, "Hey, this is going to be great. I'm well, going crazy." Well, Steve Buscemi gets <clears throat> space dementia. Yeah. And starts space like dementia. It's not. It's not a thing. No, no. <laughs> it's just this movie thing. What do we dementia as in like that disease that people get people generally get, when, it, when they're it, older it, and, they, and they forget everything? It's more that he's got like cabin fever. I think yeah. he's gone nuts. Yeah, yeah. He's like riding the nuclear bomb like Doctor Strange love. Yeah, and at one point does he find a minigun? Maybe, but well, he, why was there a minigun up there? <laughs> why was there anything? There's so many things. Like why were they up there? But well, for, well first of all, it's like. Yeah, that that guy unlocks like the handgun and that's yeah. like the biggest thing and someone's like why have you got a gun in space yeah but then steve buscemi's like firing a minigun around the place just for fun it's like it's no one gonna comment yeah. on the fact there's a minigun up here yes well he causes such a distraction that he's basically he is entirely the reason that then the fat guy dies yeah. he causes a whole distraction <laughs> and that causes them all to lose their because they're so focused on trying to calm steve buscemi down mm-hmm. and then they don't notice that the fat guy, I, I'm sorry to keep calling him that, but that's, he has no character. Mm. Max, he's called Max. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he's drilling in the wrong direction or something. And then something explodes and oh, he dies yeah, and he gets shot into space and he's mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Steve Buscemi faces no repercussions for that. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no nobody talks. He nobody, nobody openly talks causes it. the death of one of his close <laughs> colleagues and it just never, it's never addressed. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that he openly causes it. Like if, if you made somebody look the other way when they're in the middle of the road, you know, and, and then a car hits them, you're not guilty of their murder. I mean, I think it's at least manslaughter. I don't, well, well, if like somebody's crossing the road and you go, look over there and then they die. Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, Steve Buscemi like, like, is like, like, doing like, a bit more than that. Sure. Well, he's not intentionally doing anything. Sure. I know. Yes, I know. He's temporary insanity. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm not his lawyer. No, you're not. <laughs> and nor would I want to be. Oh, dear God. Um, so, yeah, just when I think all hope is lost uh, at that pretty much the exact moment, Ben Affleck and the other surviving characters from that thing. From Liberty, yeah. They show up in their vehicle and you know, they've had quite the journey. They've had sure. to essentially jump over the Grand Canyon in this thing. Yes. And do some uh, space maneuvers, which worked out just fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, it all had to build to this moment where they ride on over the suns, over the horizon. Yeah. It's the cowboy moment of the movie. It's, it's you know. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would have made more sense for Owen Wilson to be there for this. Yes. Well, no, he's long dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, whatever. 
and yeah, they carry on the drilling and they they, they, they save the day, essentially. They drill to the correct depth. They drill to the correct depth, but then they've lost contact with the surface of NASA. The surface of the, They've lost contact with NASA, mm-hmm. which means that there's nobody who can remotely explode the nuke. Yes. But which it, means somebody has to stay behind and do it manually. Yes. So they draw straws. Where did they get those straws? (laughs) The perfect number of... They they were bits of wire. Oh, okay, fine. But what are they taking the wire out of? (laughs) The nuke. You need your... Yeah, well, that needs to go off. Don't take the wires out of it. Did you notice the nuke? (laughs) He couldn't fucking resist doing the most cliche of all the cliches when he's disarming the nuke. And it's like, is it the red wire or the blue wire? It's Mm -hmm. like, how can you possibly write that scene and think it's still fresh? (laughs) Red wire or blue wire? Come on. But yeah, so so yeah, Ben Affleck draws the short straw. Mm-hmm. He needs to stay behind and set off the nuke. So that's what's going to happen. But at the very last minute, well, Bruce Willis says like, "Oh, I'll I'll, I'll see you out. I'll take him down." Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, at the very last minute, Bruce Willis grabs a pipe out of uh, Ben Affleck's spacesuit mm-hmm. and uh, rips it out. So Ben Affleck's oxygen tank of his spacesuit is completely broken. Like, mm-hmm. it's, dangerous he, game. It is a dangerous. He game. He could have just killed Ben Affleck there and then. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't. So he he pushes Ben Affleck back into the lift, which goes into the spaceship, and says like, "Nah, I'm gonna do this. You're gonna go and marry my daughter, or whatever." Yeah. Yeah. Which this is Bruce Willis showing his growth. He has now accepted Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck was gonna make that heroic sacrifice. Well, he says, "I've always seen you as a son." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. always? <laughs> Even when you tried to kill him? When you were shooting a shotgun <laughs> at him on an oil rig? Mm-hmm. Then you were like, "Oh, my boy." <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Love works in mysterious ways. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, and so then they, they, they take off. I think that NASA does still have contact in some way because... But yeah, because then Bruce Willis does his like really maudlin speech to Liv Tyler. Yeah. They have like a video conference. Yeah. And the bit that I like about this is that Liv Tyler, she strokes the screen of his mm-hmm. face, yeah. which is it's a very film thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I like about it is in the Aerosmith music video, it's what's his face? I need to sing a Vera Smith on the screen when she's stroking his face. But fun fact. That's Liv- her dad. Yes. Yeah. Do you not like that? No, 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 no that, that, that's fine. And did you know also <laughs> that like Liv Tyler's in all of Aerosmith's videos as like sexy lady though? Is she? It's, it's very uncomfortable that considering is that it's literally her dad. Mm. Like watch the video for Crazy, which is the most famous Aerosmith video. Mm-hmm. And she's in it with Alicia Silverstone as like, just like sexy girl. Oh dear. And it's like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's some, there's issues and boundaries and secrets with that family. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. It, 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 it is the scene that extracts the tears. Yeah. Mm. Not from me, but from people who cry easily <laughs> at these films. Yeah. But he sa- he sends his message to Liv Tyler, mm-hmm. and then he does his duty. Like the, the re- Ben Affleck and Co take off, and Bruce Willis he hits the button. Mm-hmm. He sees his life flash before his eyes, oh. and he nukes. Uh, it's all it's all baby Liv Tyler. Yeah, and he yeah, and then the uh, just like in uh, um, Greenland. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Greenland stole a lot of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then the asteroid explodes. Yep, and the and, world is and, safe. And, and and there is a, there is a meteor shower on the Earth, but just of like. It's meteors, not meteorites. It's a light sprinkling. They, they, they yeah. don't hit the ground. It's, yeah. We but, see like a, a montage of everyone around the world celebrating. Or like, America, America is number one. Yeah. Yay, America number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. They, that is uh, it. They, they, they successfully land. Um, the, the survivors, that is. Yeah. Ben Affleck and co. Uh, Steve Buscemi says, let's never talk about this ever again. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Well, yeah. And it ends with a kind of it ends with the wedding of Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. They get yes. married. 
which I think must be the saddest <laughs> of weddings. <laughs> Many of their close friends and family are dead. I would push that wedding back at least a year. <laughs> Take some time to grieve. Yep, yep, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so that is Armageddon. That was Armageddon, yeah. What a pick. Yeah. yeah. You enjoy it? No, okay. it's awful. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but it was a it was a film that we had to do at some point. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I guess apologies for picking it, but yeah. We, I'll it, forgive you. You've it, done it worse. Had to happen. You've done worse. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that was our first Michael Bay. Yeah. And last. And no, no, we'll we'll do the rock. The rock the rock's a good time. Okay. Uh, that's the only other one I want to do. You don't want to do Pearl Harbor then? No. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't I don't think anyone needs that. I've never seen a bigger sorry. No. no. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. Cool. Do me a favor, will you? Just tell Grace that um I'll always be with her. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay, kid. Oh! Hey, Mr. Truman. Oh! Make sure Truman gets that! Get in It's my turn now. Harry! Harry! You can't do this to me! It's my job! Go take care of my little girl now. That's your job. Always thought of you as a son. Always. I'd be damn proud to have you marry Grace. Harry! You take care of yourself. Harry, no! I love you, Harry! I love you! Don't marry me! Okay, so are we ready for drinking games? Mm-hmm. I feel like you were born ready. I was born. I have many for this one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, drink for an explosion. Drink for an explosion. No more than five minutes will pass before you will drink again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. This is, that's it. That is a Michael Bay standard. He does mm-hmm. love an explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had obvious one to start. Drink for racial stereotyping. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've got that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean every pretty much every character who's not white is a. Racial stereotypes. We have many offensive Asian stereotypes. They seem to be the most prevalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we also do have that opening sequence with uh, Eddie Griffin and the the meteorite and all that stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not the best. There's, there's random, vaguely, uh, vaguely Middle Eastern or Mexican people. Yeah. Um, in deserts, like in tents, listening to a radio. Or yes, something. yes, yes. It's, uh, it's caves, that sort, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a great film for that for that sort of thing. It certainly is. Yeah. Um, drink for a joke in what could have otherwise been a fairly tense scene. Okay. Any examples? Well, I feel like Michael Bay, he's terrible at, uh, well, he's terrible at a lot of things. Um, he's terrible at just making any kind of scene tense. My main example that I only brought up recently was when a guy gets, a, gets the gun out while the nuclear bomb is going off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's a lot going on there. That could be a really tense scene, but then Steve Buscemi just walks in, cracks a joke, just, I forget exactly what he says. And yeah, it just diffuses attention. Yeah, everything has a quip. Then. Yeah, everything has. Nothing a quip. gets a moment to breathe or have a real moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could also say like Bruce Willis shooting Ben Affleck with a shotgun. That yeah. could have been a tense scene. But you could just uh, drink every time you see a gun of some description. Yeah. Well, yes, there is that. For a space movie, there's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can get that. Uh, drink every time some. This is a big one. Drink every time somebody screams the name Harry. Oh. 
Oh, it's been me. especially triggering for you. Yeah. I had no idea until this movie how many A's there are in the name Harry. What? Because it's all like Harry! Oh, right. Harry! <laughs> Harry! <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I thought there was just the one. Apparently there's 17. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah I must be I've, been mis- I've been mispronouncing your name all these years. Yeah. Harry! I'm I'm putting I'm putting my foot down and vetoing that. Vetoing that ever happened? Yeah, again. sure. Okay, fine. Drink for America. Yeah, drink for American exceptionalism. Yeah. Yeah. I also drink for the American flag. Yep. I, if that it. if that is present in a scene, mm-hmm. but yeah, this movie is so like the peak of that '90s exceptionalist. America is the world. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's very Michael Bay. It's very Michael Bay. It's yeah. it's gross. It's. It's something that feels so dated now. It's mm-hmm. interesting how times change. Yeah, yeah, it feels so dated. But mm. yeah, interesting. But I wonder what Michael Bay's films are like these days. I don't want. I don't care to find out. Well, they're all Transformers oh, yeah. movies. No, I did watch that one that had Ryan Reynolds in it. What was it called? Six Under. It was on. It was, it was on Netflix. It had a very small release for some reason. For like a Ryan Reynolds Michael Bay movie. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I actively avoid. It was not good. No. It wasn't. It wasn't like terrible. I didn't notice loads of problems with it but uh it was it was very boring oh, okay interesting <laughs> i mean not but yeah <laughs> opposite of interesting but interesting that it was so boring yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you i don't know i i don't he's not a filmmaker i seek out no no uh, but no, yes this not. film is very america right wing and and a lot of stuff that feels i think the trump era has made worse Mm-hmm. I feel like post-Trump, you look at a lot of stuff like everything about Bruce Willis's character, and you're just like, no, yeah, this is not a world we want. To live. We've lived through this; we don't want any more of this. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Drink every time a woman is disrespected. Wow. Yeah. You'll be water falling for most of this movie. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's not many women in it. But they all get disrespected. True. Like, um, well, the, there's the opening sequence which we we haven't talked about, where the old guy. Um, the, identifies the asteroid yeah i find this uncomfortable to watch for some it's reason it's really unple- it's truly unpleasant yeah. so he's basically the elijah wood of this movie because like <laughs> in deep impact that's elijah wood's character he finds the he's the he's the stargazer he yeah. finds it and in, in deep impact he has like a very nice arc he's in love with a girl he, mm-hmm. and he marries that girl and they run away together and mm-hmm. you know that's one of the heart and soul of deep impact mm. not the case in this movie no in this movie it's a horrible abusive old man who like screams at his wife, get me my fucking dinner, you bitch. Basically. <laughs> he's awful. And then, yeah, there's a second scene in which he's on the phone to NASA when they're talking about the fact that they've just, you know, this asteroid's going to hit the earth and they're swearing him to secrecy. And he's mm-hmm. like, it's fine, I'm ex-military. I'm, I know all about confidentiality. Mm-hmm. All, all I ask is one thing. Mm-hmm. I discovered it. I want to name it. Yeah. I want to name it Dottie after my wife. And his wife yeah. kind of goes... Huh. And he goes, because she's a blood-sucking bitch from whom there's no escape. <laughs> so unpleasant. Such an unpleasant person. You know, the first bit when he's like shouting at her, I find that difficult to watch because it is so unpleasant. Yeah. But that bit when it's like, she's an unpleasant bitch, she's difficult to stop or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Unstop, whatever. I thought that was funny. Sure, okay. Well, I mean, that's a wrap on that character. We never yeah. see them again. Yeah. Thank, I mean, I'm fine. I don't need any more from that character. Absolutely, but, yeah. But like, if that was like a, yeah, if it wasn't for that every other woman in this film is either completely disregarded or disrespected. Like there's one woman who's on the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. She's like, and she's just like painted. The, every time she's on screen, it's the men say, oh, she's kind of hot for a chick. Yeah. And there's the bit where, yeah. the, the bit I think that exemplifies this movie's attitude towards women and, and many things is when they're trying to take off from the new, at the very end of the film, when Bruce Willis is about to blow himself up. Mm-hmm. And of course they can't just have a smooth 
take off. There's mm-hmm. something has to go wrong at the last minute and mm-hmm. the engine won't fire up or something. Mm-hmm. And she, cause she, presumably she's got a PhD and she's an engineer and she's a very intelligent lady mm-hmm. and she's trying to fix it. And Peter Stormberry just stood behind her screaming at her like, get out of the way, woman, I will solve it. Woman, get out of the way. And she's like, shut up, I'm working. <laughs> and she's like trying to like, you know, program and mm-hmm. do things. She's got a spanner, everything. And he just like lift, puts his arms around her, physically lifts her, mm-hmm. puts her out of the way, mm-hmm. then picks up a hammer and just starts smacking the machine. And that works. And he's like, see, the Russian way. <laughs> and that is the respect this film has for women and for, you know, education. Oh, wow. Yeah. Women do not do well in this movie. It's entertaining though, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, for, like for, for this purpose of yeah. recording a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure. Say so. Okay, well, I, I, I think it was. I'm having fun. 1239, right? FBI locked his location. Saw an explosion Nine, in space. Okay. Now listen, Carl, this is top secret. Sir, I'm retired Navy. I know all about classified. But one more thing. The person that finds her gets the namer, right? Yeah, yes, that's right. That's right. I want to name her Dottie after my wife. She's a vicious, life-sucking bitch from which there's no escape. That's, that's sweet, Carl. Uh, let's see. Drink whenever Liv Tyler shows no emotion whatsoever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Drink every time Liv Tyler lies down. I've mentioned that before. Yeah, but yeah that, that, that she's she's shot almost exclusively horizontally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's probably, like I said, in the depths of a very serious case of cystitis after all this fucking cookies got shoved into her food, <laughs> but whatever. She's probably in agony. Like, ow, ow, why, Ben Affleck? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been hurting to pee for weeks. <laughs> Does he know this is not how babies are made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nine uh, months later, she gives birth to the cookie monster. Yeah. Drink every time Owen Wilson speaks. Okay, yeah. He so has so little to do in once, this movie. Once or twice. Yeah. Drunk whenever somebody says Houston. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, drink for singing, or, or drink for music. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we've talked about the Aerosmith interludes and how annoying mm-hmm. and, and overused they are. Mm. There's also the scene where they all randomly, when they're boarding the spaceships... Mm. <laughs> This is so weird. When they, and they all just burst into a production of uh, Leaving on a Jet Plane. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with Ben Affleck singing it to Liv Tyler and then they're all doing it. Yeah. One thing I did notice in that scene though, Steve Buscemi. Great voice. Surprisingly pleasant singing voice. Great voice. Given that he like doesn't look like someone who's a great singer and his <laughs> speaking voice is you know quite obnoxious. Mm. Yeah, he's got a lovely, smooth, silky singing voice. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he's... That's uh... a baby-making voice. He's got a baby-making singing voice. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, I'm done with that. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah. uh, my last one is drink for soup. What? Well, okay, two more. Sorry. Drink every time Bruce Willis is proved right about something. Sure. In this movie, he can do no wrong. He's mm-hmm. the alpha male of all alpha males. Yeah. And finally, drink for super, super dumbed down exposition. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Massively dumbed down exposition. Yeah. I mean, it, it needs to be for the audience that this film's going. Yeah. Clearly, this film has no respect for its audience. It's assuming that everyone who watches this movie has never read a book mm-hmm. or been to a class or done a sum. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> done a sum. Done a sum. Wow. <laughs> that's brutal. <laughs> You're like, that's what this movie thinks of its audience. I don't know. Oh, dear. <laughs> Well, listeners, if you have done a sum yourself, <laughs> um, then you'll be smart enough to know uh, already that me and John are actually on Patreon. 
That is a good segue. I and like if you it. have enjoyed this episode, then you can go to patreon.com. And if you enjoyed that segue, you, mm. you can go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set and support John for as much or as little as you think we're worth. You just you, said support John for as much or as little as you think we're worth. Are you, I, just not, are you not part of this? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, clearly I need it more than you. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, for just two dollars a month, you can support a John. You can adopt a John for as little as two dollars a month. <laughs> you can feed it a hungry John. <laughs> yeah. So uh, other than just feeding John, you do get a few other things. Uh, you get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set. We review recent releases. We've just been doing the Oscar season. It's but been a over. grand old time. But now um, it's over. Yes, now and, it's over. But the cinemas are reopening. We can go back to the oh, cinema. Yeah. Quiet Place Two coming out this month. Is it? Yeah, really? like May 8th. It's coming out in like 21st of May or something. Yeah. All right. It's happening, Harry. There's wow. like 18 Marvel movies coming out this year. I know. I can't wait. It's, oh my God. It's yeah. got me, me and Louise have started again from the beginning. Oh God. Oh, it's great. It's great. I can't, oh. Also, you can have a 30 second advert slot on the main show. You can talk about whatever you want to. You're in business. You're on podcast. Probably not your own business. People don't seem to do that. Um, they want to. Yeah. But yeah, talk about whatever you want, really. It's, uh, it's your time. You, you paid for it. Yep. And also you get extended versions of the main episode. You can have more drinking games, more sequel pitches, more listen submissions, just a bit, a bit more of everything that you like. Mm-hmm. All that available at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. Bonjour tout le monde. I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People, in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them. What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round-the-world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I'm going to go first. That's all right. Yeah, hit hit, hit me. Go for it. Um, I'll let you know the title at the end, though you probably will have worked it out at that point. The title will become very obvious. Okay. So AJ or Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah. AJ Frost, his character's called. Yeah. Sounds like a Backstreet Boy. Yeah. Yeah. He is now the most famous person on earth. For what? He's the most senior ranking driller to survive the original movie, so has just become like the the number one hero from it. Okay. But is it 20 years later? Uh, at, at this point, not quite, but in a while, yeah. Because I'm like, why do, people, why do people still care? I mean, not that that's not an impressive achievement, but society I mean, moves on pretty quickly. I mean, he saved the world. Yeah, but, you know, people's interest... Is he now, like, a reality TV star? Like, how's he, he maintained a celebrity? Oh, yeah, pretty much. So him and Liv Tyler, they have become a power couple and have made billions. Okay, are they like the Kardashians? Sure. Okay, that makes more sense-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're staying in this period for a very brief time. I'm just giving you a little bit okay. of intro or, or, or backstory to uh, before it becomes present day. Okay. Um, so after... After after Liv Tyler's acting got so wooden, she actually eventually died, and so <laughs> um, <laughs> she died of wooden acting. Just watched. She got so boring that Did she, she just get termites. Ex- what, what happened? She <laughs> got so boring she just stopped existing. Okay, fine. Yeah. And uh, this is when AJ or Ben Affleck starts his midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And here, so she's died. He's a widower. Yeah. Yes, and here for whatever reason, Ben Affleck is able to do the best acting of his career. Okay, midlife crisis. That's just that he can. Do I did that notice. Well. I did notice in the original film. Not a good crier. <laughs> a very bad crier. Ben Affleck is a very bad crier. <laughs> surprised? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it's terrible. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Some of the worst. Yeah. But yeah, so he uh, he is going through a major midlife crisis, mm. um, which Ben Affleck is great at. Yeah. And one day um, he sees a newscast talking about how the government is 
continuing to slash NASA's budget, which after Armageddon in the 90s, or the narrow escape of Armageddon, everyone thought that NASA's budget would shoot through the roof, mm. pun somewhat attempted. Mm. He decides that rather than spending all his money on back tattoos, he will instead spend it on space travel. He wants humanity to be in, in a position so that if they were to find another asteroid on a collision course, they would be able to do something about so, it. Are you positioning Ben Affleck as Elon Musk? Exactly that, yes. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Does that make Liv Tyler Halsey? It makes her dead. Okay, sure. Because I could not be asked casting her in this. Fair enough, fair enough. It's Grimes, anyway. I always mix them up. Yeah. So, cut to present day. Mm-hmm. In an observatory. A horrible American man who hates his wife. I'm going to say this time, played by Michael Bay, because sure. why not? Discovers an asteroid heading for Earth. Okay. He uh, quickly presses the big red button that all observatories are now fitted with. Mm-hmm. And his findings, along with his legally changed name, which will be the name of the asteroid, are sent directly to AJ Space Company, Space Daddy. Space Daddy. Oh, wow. It's been a while since Big Daddy's been uh, uh-huh. brought back into the podcast. Uh, we, cut to the, we cut to the Kennedy Space Center, which is now renamed the, the Stamper Center. After Harry Stamper, Bruce yeah. Willis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where alarms are going off and everything's flashing red. All hell's breaking loose. Sure, yeah. It's like, oh my God, there's an asteroid coming. It's going to hit the planet. We're the space company. Yeah. And so, yeah, generic worker of some kind says, we need to take this to the big man. Mm-hmm. He walks down a very fancy corridor through some security and up to a very fancy over-the-top office door. You know, the kind of thing that Elon Musk would probably have. Sure, yeah. Which he barges open to find a very trim, very slick and rich-looking Ben Affleck. Okay. Playing office golf with his uh, younger secretary. Makes sense, yeah. Is office golf a, a suit? Are you, are you familiar? No, but you know what I mean. Like when they have like a little golf set in their office. Like crazy golf, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah. You've, you've seen that sort of thing in films yeah, and TV yeah, that yeah, CEOs yeah, yeah. do when they're supposed to be working. Yeah, so you, you're painting a real picture of this Ben Affleck now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the worker, who I've not actually cast as anybody, um, delivers the news to him. Uh, oh, I've actually got some script here, which I'll just text you. Okay, oh, okay, we've got a script. Okay, you are going to be Ben Affleck. I get the first line, but you're Ben Affleck. Okay. So the worker delivers the news to him, saying, there is a meteor heading for the planet. It's going to hit in two weeks, and it's the size of Europe. What's his name? <laughs> Great. <laughs> it was discovered by a man legally named, wait for it, Meteor McMeteor Face. Meteor McMeteor Face? Yeah. As, as everyone knows, any meteor they find will get named after them. And since the last one was called Dotty, which was quite boring, lots of astronomers, they all legally change their names to more interesting titles. And this man changed his name to, wait for it, Meteor McMeteor Face. Why did you ask me to wait for it again? So the wait for it is his legal first name. Also, it's actually spelled with the number four. (sighs) I hate this fucking planet. Well, anyway, I've been waiting years to say this. Deploy the AJ bombs. Yes, Mr. President. Mr. President? (laughs) Ben Affleck's the president? Yeah. Is J-Lo the first lady? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, when did he marry J-Lo? They dated for a while. Oh, sorry, no, uh, uh. In, re- in the real world. Yeah, in the ben real Affleck. world you're talking. Yes. Uh, yeah, sure, okay. But yeah, he's... he's First mar- Lady J-Lo. I'm Why not? He's, he's married to J-Lo. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he said to deploy the AJ bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, renamed A-bombs, as in atomic bombs, as AJ bombs after himself. Why would you want to name an atomic bomb after yourself? Because, like- because. So now we're going to get a live stream <clears throat> um, of secret rocket silos opening up all over the country. Okay. Mostly from famous landmarks, you know, Statue mm-hmm. of Liberty, Golden Gate Bridge, that sort of thing. Sure, yeah. Um, hundreds of them all over America. Nobody else in the world. Of course. Um, America's all that matters. Yeah. 
However, this is live streamed across the globe. The rockets fly up into the sky, they hit outer space, and they separate the booster engines off and continue their flight towards, wait for it, Meteor McMeteor Face. Right, okay. Which is the title they decided on going with. They yeah, named, yeah, yeah. They named it after that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. When the rockets get close, maybe 90% of them actually successfully land, but they all land in separate locations, evenly spaced around the meteor, and they start automatically drilling. They're unmanned, by the way. Okay. They start automatically drilling into the meteor down to correct depths, and they aim to blow it up. Okay. There is a countdown around the globe, because, like, everybody's watching. Pitch this, like, you know, like Times Square sort of thing. Sure. Everyone's watching on big screens. Big it's, yeah, screen. it's like a nail-biting action movie moment. Yeah. yeah. There is a countdown around this globe as this global live stream brought to you by Space Daddy Inc. draws to its main event. The meteor blows up, and as the dust clears over the coming hours, it becomes apparently clear that the meteor hasn't been smashed to dust, which will burn up in the atmosphere. It's just been blown into about 10 pieces, each which are about a thousand miles big. Oh, Harry, you misused the word apparently. Ah, oh, damn. Do you mean apparently clear? What's apparently then? Apparent is like awfully. Awfully clear? No, more like, no, ab abhorrent is like morally reprehensible. Doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> oh, damn you. Sorry. <laughs> Tell um, me you'll learn. Cool. And so then Ben Affleck, or AJ, quickly comes on the live stream and announces that the AJ bombs have failed. Oh, no. Wishes he didn't put his name to them now. Mm -hmm. And that there is no plan B to blow up the, the meteor. But there is, in fact, a plan B to save humanity. Okay. And this plan involves evacuating the planet to the colonies that Space Daddy has built on Mars. Okay. It's quite it's quite extreme. AJ, with his, with his famous twinkle in his eye, reveals that he names the plan Operation Armageddon Out of Here. Armageddon Out of Here. Very good, very good. And there is a simultaneous groan all over the planet. That, oh, that, that's your title, isn't it? That is my title. There is a simultaneous groan all over the planet that can be heard from <laughs> yeah. space. I'd rather die than be sub than be a subject of this pun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what I got. Okay. Interesting. I don't, don't, don't want to go anywhere further than that, but... Uh, so Ben Affleck is the president and he... He is the president slash Elon Musk and he plans to save humanity using Operation Armageddon out of here. Okay. No, I like that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess there could be a, a third movie in this trilogy, which is ben, President Affleck and... The survivors of humanity like colonizing Con yeah, yeah. Mars Con or yeah. somewhere here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, colonizing Mars, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, <clears throat> also in the sequel, you could have another meteor's gonna come and it's, it's gonna hit Mars this time. Yeah. And they're like, what are the chances? Yeah, I mean, this could have run and run. This, 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 I don't know why this isn't like a Transformers style nine movie franchise, but this does seem like the sort of film that would get a sequel. I mean, they did like kill Bruce Willis, sequel. yeah, yeah, I guess, but like, just bring in more people, yeah. Sure. I mean, this is what get the rock. This is what we're doing. Yeah, always, always yeah. being the rock. Yeah, have the rock fighting a meteor. It's great. Yeah, just punch it out. Yeah, the puns write itself. They do. You're right. Yeah, the, the rock versus the meteor. That's a movie I'd watch. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I guess he's already done a movie called The Rock, though, that doesn't have the rock in it. So, maybe it could be The Rock versus a meteor versus the rock. Yeah. I don't know what the film The Rock is about. So no, I we'll have to just do. Really it. We'll have to just do it at some point. Okay, but, cool. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder who will cast. We'll find. Yeah, that that's for a future episode. <laughs> But no, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have three ideas that are quite well. Two very small. One I've got a little bit more background to because yeah, I, I don't like this movie enough to come up with anything too big. So I just, <laughs> went, I just went with some small ideas. Okay. So my first idea is to create a Buscemi cinematic universe. 
Because I was thinking his characters in this, he, he always in the 90s seemed to play these like low lives. Mm -hmm. So what if the character he played in Con Air was the same as the character he played in this movie? Mm -hmm. And it would make sense because all this talk, I didn't know how young she was, man. And there's that very disturbing scene in Con, in Con Air when he's just talking to a like 11 year old girl and you don't really know what's going down. And it's mm -hmm. weird. So what if he's a serial killer in because in Connor he's a serial killer, right? He's, yeah. he's cut off a woman's face and worn it as a hat. Remember that line of dialogue? Yeah. <laughs> and then because of all the events of Connor, he manages to escape. Mm. And then he maybe he reinvents himself as an oil rig expert because mm -hmm. he's you know most serial killers are kind of geniuses. Mm. You know they're very intelligent, high intelligence people. Uh, you know in movies and I don't know about the world, but in movies, so maybe he's like reinvented himself and gone undercover working on an oil rig mm. but he still can't resist the occasional mass murder because you know he's, he's a serial killer uh so yeah and then he goes into space and tries to serial kill everyone and just claims it's space dementia but <laughs> nobody, and people don't suspect a thing yeah so maybe then he comes back to earth having survived space and he goes undercover yet again but because he's become so famous as the astronaut who saved as one of the astronauts who saved the world mm -hmm. maybe he has to like go deeper undercover and travel all the way up to Minnesota where he will then uh, team up, team up with Peter Stormray, who's also gone on the run, mm -hmm. hidden his Russian accent, mm -hmm. reinvented himself as a, well, he can't have Peter Stormray can't hide his Russian accent because it's too thick. So he just reinvented himself as someone who never speaks. <laughs> Boom Fargo. Okay. I was wondering where that last one was going. So yeah, was, so yeah, I was like, because they're both <clears throat> partners in crime in Fargo. Right, 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 yeah. So they both run away from their fame and mm -hmm. reinvent themselves and uh, become ill-faced criminals from Fargo. And then it, it doesn't end well for, spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for Steve Buscemi. He ends up in the... Okay, chipper, yeah. yeah. You remember what happens in <laughs> yeah, Fargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No. So that's a Steve Buscemi cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. uh, my second one, and this is my shortest one, I want to see a version of this movie that happens at the same time, but different characters, where mm -hmm. it's just focused on the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Who's not really in this. No, and it's like an Aaron Sorkin-style political drama. Oh, okay, yeah. About a president who gets told that there's an asteroid the size of Texas heading for the world mm -hmm. who decides to not tell anybody else. Right, okay, yeah. Who yeah. decides to not tell France or the UN or the UK or mm -hmm. Germany or Australia or anyone, mm. just decides America's going to handle this problem. Yep. And then it all goes horribly wrong when meteors hit Shanghai, they hit Paris, <laughs> mm -hmm. millions are dead. Mm -hmm. And because he's known about this for at least a week and he's not said anything, mm. all this blood is on his hands. I mean, kind of. Because he didn't it, give them it, any time to prepare. Yeah, but what are they going to do? You don't know. They, you didn't give them a chance. Maybe the person, maybe there's someone in fucking Moldova who's got a great idea. You know, he didn't tell, he didn't tell the world. Well, yeah, I guess. And yeah, if, if you were to tell the world, the more people would look at the skies and they might see like, oh, there's a smaller one that's heading for Paris. So yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. So then it's like an impeachment trial mm -hmm. when it's all over, after America has saved the world. It's the president and the government of the United States right. being put on trial for crimes against humanity, mm -hmm. for refusing to tell the world what was going on mm -hmm. and him defending that. Yeah. I think that could be, and again, if it's a very Aaron Sorkin kind of movie, mm. Maybe he has a point of view. Maybe the president does have his reasons and uh, it leads us to make our own decisions about whether he made the right or wrong decision. Mm -hmm. I think he made the wrong decision personally. Yeah, it does sound. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, that's a very small one, but I just, that's no, something I'd, I I'd, I'd really like that. Yeah, I think that's a movie. Yeah. Definitely. 
It could even just not be about Armageddon, just generally about an American president who makes a terrible decision and then has to live with it. You know? Oh, well, that sounds boring. That sounds very realistic and everyday. Yeah, it's better if it's Armageddon. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. He's getting, he still doesn't get impeached, though, for some reason. It's yeah. just impossible. Make it, like, ridiculous because it's about Armageddon, but also, like, very... has, like, some real-life... Yeah, it's got, it's got some clear resonance with, like, you know... Yeah. ...real things that have happened, like mm-hmm. President Trump and the whole riots in mm-hmm. washington all that kind of yeah. stuff yeah i guess that's one thing that this film has an advantage of well as in your pitch has an advantage of is that armageddon didn't cast a president so it didn't really say if the president they cast was like anybody yeah that's a good point it didn't get stuck in that morgan freeman kind of like this yeah. is our president yeah yeah i think the president is in like one scene he's just like an old white guy but i don't think he might yeah he doesn't exactly he's not a character so who no. cares? you can but, make him anything. but like it, what i'm saying is like They've not cast somebody who's a lot like George Bush, but yeah, not yeah, George yeah. Bush. It's, yes, it's exactly. Not that. Yeah. Um, which also, I guess, Deep Impact kind of avoided by having Morgan Freeman yeah. casting a black president when there hadn't yet been one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that could, yeah, that could be a whole thing. Mm. Yeah. So that's one. That's one idea. My last one is my main, most fleshed out idea. Okay. So I'll tell you the title when I get to the end, which okay. like you did for me. Yep. So it's a direct sequel. Mm-hmm. It's set twenty five years after the events of the original film. <gasps> Our future. Oh, well, 22, 23, you know, okay. roughly, uh, roughly present day. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't particularly matter. One of my favorite things is films that are set in a future that we have already passed. Oh yeah. <clears throat> you know, like uh, Back to the Future 2 sort of thing. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah. when they came out, they were in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not anymore. Yeah. That's always good. There's only going to be more of that as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says we hit more landmarks of you know, times that have been depicted in movies. Yeah. But sure. So it's 25 years later or close enough, 23, 22, doesn't matter. Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck. They are no longer together. They are divorced. They are divorced. Mm-hmm. I do not think that couple were. Um... Did you say divorced? They're divorced. Because that works. Yeah, Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck. They are divorced. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm thinking is that Ben Affleck's life has not gone terribly well since the events of the first film. Mm-hmm. I think him and Liv Tyler did not last. Mm-hmm. They do have a. I think like they had a child. They had a son, but uh, Ben Affleck never sees that son anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, f- I feel like what what I want is that. Because Bruce Willis is such an almighty dickhead in the original movie, I want it to turn out that him sacrificing himself to save Ben Affleck wasn't a heroic self-sacrifice at all. Mm. It was actually a final like power move, <laughs> like a big dick energy kind of <laughs> wanker move, where it's just like, you'll never live up to this. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's really smart. Yeah, so basically Liv Tyler has been constantly in, in the course of their marriage and now even more so in their divorce. Like, mm-hmm. she's just been so bitter. She's been like, I can't believe I let my... I can't believe my dad killed myself so I could marry you. Mm-hmm. You piece of shit. <laughs> you, you're nothing. You're nowhere near what my dad was. It's, yeah. it's all that, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they have a very contentious relationship. And also if you could bring it up to date as well, we're like... So basically, I feel like Ben Affleck is still an oil tycoon. Mm-hmm. But it's 2021 now, mm. and you can't just shoot golf balls at Greenpeace anymore. Nope. Cl- you know, the clim- climate change is real. Mm-hmm. And so he's now being sued by multiple governments and, you know, charities and all kinds of people for polluting the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there's a whole backlash against oil tycoons. He, mm. He's being forced to pay taxes, which, you know, they've never been able to been forced to do before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so basically his life is... Sh- in the shit it's in the gutter because i mean he's still a multi-millionaire oil tycoon so he's not that bad but you know he's very angry and unhappy because his marriage has fallen apart 
And also the world hates oil tycoons at this point. Yeah. So things have changed. Mm-hmm. So he's at his lowest point in his life. He's very miserable. Full midlife crisis. And then he gets a call from the gov- from NASA, from the government. Mm-hmm. Turns out, what are the odds? There's a second asteroid. Brilliant. Much like yours. Yep. Hurtling towards the Earth. Yep. This time, it's not the size of Texas. Mm-hmm. It's the size of Russia. Oh, okay. Because, you know, sequels got to be bigger, faster, stronger, more. Yeah, yeah. mine was the size of Europe. Yeah, so the... same difference, yeah. You had to go and be bigger than that. I had to top you. I had to top you. So you've got the biggest dick. I, we, we know it's a bit true, yeah. <laughs> and so they've basically run out of ideas. It's the same plan again. They need, once again, to send a bunch of drillers up to mm-hmm. drill into the asteroid and blow it up. Mm-hmm. So they ask Ben Affleck, can you do it? Can you save the world again? <laughs> and of course, because the last time Bruce Willis really took all the glory, he's yeah. like, this is my chance. <laughs> now, now it's my turn. He's dead. He can't steal my glory. Yeah. So it's a, so once again, he's like, yeah, but I want my own crew. Mm-hmm. And we have a montage of getting the old crew back together. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, only two of the original crew are still alive. Okay. Yeah. Ben Affleck and um, who's the other one who's still alive? Oh, and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Ben Affleck and Steve Buscemi are the only two still alive. Everyone okay. else is dead. Okay. Sadly, uh, Michael Clark, I mean, in the movie, Bruce Willis died. Mm-hmm. Uh, in real life, Michael Clark Duncan has sadly passed away. Mm-hmm. And I think Will Patton's still alive, but he's so boring. I don't care. <laughs> the, the, you know, the one who was like, had a son that he didn't speak to. Oh yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so he, he needs to set up a new crew, which I thought could be fun. Mm-hmm. So who could you cast as a new crew of like roughneck American Matt Damon. Matt Damon, sure. Slightly overweight Matt Damon. Sure. Um, Jesse Flemons. Fat Damon. Sure, yeah. Why not? Um, Fat Damon can be in there. Let's see who else can we... Uh... Casey Affleck. Oh, yeah. Got Casey Affleck in Just there. make it a full family affair. Yeah. Just Damons and Afflecks. Yeah. 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 Maybe throw in that third Hemsworth. Yeah. The, the one who's not as famous. Yeah. Uh, Luke Hemsworth. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I've not really given these people personalities because nah. in, the, in the original film... They don't have personalities. No, you don't need to. doesn't matter. You could go into that. But yeah, oh, I'm thinking he also, he forces his son to come along. Mm-hmm. Much to Liv Tyler's horror. Because he wants to do it to bond with his son. Mm-hmm. But Liv Tyler's obviously furious about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking his son can be like someone who's like actually very anti-oil and very, maybe it, it has actually become a member of Greenpeace, you know? Right, yeah. So now his own family have neglected him. So mm. he wants to win his son's respect, but his son, I think everything about him is morally bankrupt basically mm-hmm. so that could be a whole thing yeah and the, the trip could be them bonding i don't know mm-hmm. but it's very much going to be every tread of the original as all the best sequels are mm-hmm. even down to the stopping at the russian space station to refuel mm. and picking up a crazy russian great who in this film is going to be played by bill sarsgaard perfect from uh it because mm-hmm. once again who's better to play a crazy russian than a swede <laughs> he's a storm raiser swede mm-hmm. so it makes sense yeah yeah they finally land on the asteroid this crew, this new crew, mm-hmm. and they start digging. Once again, they start drilling to get to the center of the earth. And suddenly in the middle of this like life or death drilling scenario, very high pressure, much like the original, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck starts getting visions of the ghost of Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. And we're going to have, this is how we're going to reprise Bruce Willis in the movie. Mm-hmm. This ghost telling him he'll never be good enough. Mm-hmm. He'll never be able to do it. And it's going to be like a, is he getting space dementia like Steve Buscemi or is it actually the ghost of Bruce Willis? Okay. And it's never going to be clear. Right. Okay. It's like, so what is it? Is it the ghost? Is it, is it a fantasy? What is it? Mm. And Ben Affleck and the ghost of Bruce Willis start having these massive arguments about 
the fact that they got divorced. So, so Bruce Willis is like, <laughs> I gave my life and you'd fucking, you fucking, you and my daughter couldn't even keep it together. Yeah. What, what the fuck's wrong with you? So I see that nobody else can see Bruce Willis as far no, as I know. And that, that's, ben Affleck's just like shouting yes, at the wall. Yes, that, that is the ambiguity. Is it real or is it just some paranoid fantasy? Yeah. So they're having this whole argument about the fact that Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler didn't even stay married, which made Bruce Willis' sacrifice completely pointless. <laughs> And But then Ben Affleck counters that and he's like, you took my destiny away from me. Mm-hmm. My destiny was to sacrifice myself and save the, the planet. Mm-hmm. And you you robbed me of that. You left me with no purpose. Yeah. And Bruce Willis is like, well, now's your chance. You know? <laughs> and that's when Ben Affleck snaps back to reality. Mm-hmm. You know, Bruce Willis's ghost disappears. And he realizes that while he's been in this fantasy land, a meteor shower has hit and wiped out half the crew. And his son's actually been hit by a rock and he's kind of passed out. Mm-hmm. And so he has to save the rest of the crew, including his son, bung them onto the spaceship, tell them to fly off, mm-hmm. and then he can sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. So then he gets into the position that he always wanted to be in. Mm. He's now left alone on the asteroid. He's got his finger on the button mm-hmm. to nuke the asteroid, yeah. blow it up, save humanity. He's like, this is it. This is my moment. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do it. He's about to do it. Suddenly, a meteor hits right right next to him, knocks him off. He, he slips, his finger slips. Mm-hmm. The button, the, the switch to mm-hmm. do the nuclear thing, falls out of his hand because the zero gravity mm-hmm. floats off into the ether. Oh, dear. And then Bruce Willis's ghost reappears. He's like, I told you you'd never be good enough. <laughs> and then the asteroid hits the earth. Humanity is wiped out. <laughs> ben Affleck's just a loser. <laughs> And that's the end of the film. And does, that is does it finish with the word Ben Affleck is just a loser. It finishes with Ben Yeah, it finishes with a somber shot of an asteroid hitting the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. All the apocalyptic fallout that would come from that. Mm-hmm. The whole planet is dead. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, it then then just some text. Ben Affleck is a loser. And that is uh, Armageddon <laughs> 2, Harry's last stand. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Great. Are you going to call it Armageddon 2? Ben Affleck is a loser. Ben Affleck, that could also work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that works. Yeah. And instead of um, instead of it being the Armageddon, uh, sorry, instead of it being the Aerosmith song, mm. I feel like then the overused song could be like, I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? <laughs> or something, something like that. Yeah, know, that, yeah, that that works very well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very that's good. It, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Cool. So should we get to some listener submissions? Yeah, please. This obviously being a popular movie, we've had quite a few submissions, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, over on Facebook first, Rob London said, Armageddon versus Deep Impact. The comet from Deep Impact takes on the asteroid from Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins, we lose. So the Armage- <laughs> the comet and the asteroid are fighting. Mm-hmm. Maybe, sure. Yeah, that could work. Okay. Tim Morgan said, Armageddon 2, the core. Earth's inner core stopped spinning again. And the only thing that can restart it is the force of a giant asteroid hitting the planet. Sorry, Earth's inner core stops spinning again. Yeah. What? I, I don't know. <laughs> when did that happen the first time? I don't know. <laughs> Michael Bay wrote this. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But the asteroid has to hit this time to actually knock the planet back onto its axis, I think is the point. Great. Okay. Yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, Reed Hansen said Armageddon 2 Resurrection, when a new kind of hybrid asteroid is flying on a mission to destroy Earth, the government scrapes up enough DNA from dirty laundry on the oil rig to bring the original team back to life, but much, much older. Right. Oh, so they're like cloning the original team from uh, scraps of dirty laundry from the oil rig. I got it. it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they're all much older now. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Ryan Klima said, Armageddon. 
The same movie, but acted out by teenage girls. Nice. Armageddon. Like it. Dennis Fanning said, this is my favorite title. Dennis Fanning said, Armageddon, too old for this shit. (laughs) A new asteroid the size of Australia is heading towards the Earth. Mm -hmm. After a disastrous attempt to use windmills and solar panels to divert it, (laughs) the fossils of the original crew are dug up to us as their crude methods of stopping the Earth killer. So I like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, the title's the best part of that. Armageddon, too old for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as good as mine. I liked it. Tim Barabo said, "Farmageddon." The surviving crew retired to a large farm where they spend their time peacefully raising animals. Sure, lovely, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Herman said, "Legmageddon." Armageddon, Legmageddon. Nice, nice, yeah. And Kieran Cowan said, "It's just a montage of Liv Tyler vomiting in horror every day." <laughs> After her plot to get out of the marriage to Ben Affleck by luring an asteroid to Earth backfired horribly <laughs> and killed her dad. <laughs> I like that. I like the idea that Liv Tyler's the secret villain the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving over to Twitter. Uh, we've got a few on Twitter. Uh, Film Gamer at Film Gamer 1 said, Aliens send out a distress signal for the drilling crew to help save them, only it's light years away and the crew is too old. So they have to train another younger crew to go and visit this alien civilization or a star explosion is going to ricochet and send bits of the planet onto Earth. Mm -hmm. Sounds a bit convoluted, but ultimately it's like aliens in trouble. Sure. The crew has to save them. Half of Wisdom at Prudent Q Podcast said, In Wyoming, AJ, that's Ben Affleck, and Grace, Liv Tyler, their daughter feels an earthquake and tells Rockhound, that's uh, Steve Buscemi, about it. He realizes that the Sorry, was doing... his name Rockhound. His name time. was Rockhound, yeah, because he was always horny. Yeah. <laughs> God. I know. I know. <laughs> he realizes that the Yellowstone supervolcano is about to erupt, and he and AJ have to get the gang back together to drill into the magma chamber to relieve the pressure and save the world. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Mm-hmm. At Zartan4444 said, they've now got to go and drill at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. So rather than being on in space, they just need to do their drilling... Uh, on the bed of the sea. Sure, yeah. And finally, Cynic's Guide to Disney at Disney Nav said, honestly, just send Steven Tyler to any planet other than Earth for writing Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Immediate blockbuster. <laughs> Nothing personal, it's just a horrible, horrible song. Wow. I agree, I hate that song. Really? Do you like it? Yeah. Oh, you're such a straight boy. <laughs> such a basic straight. Sorry. Yeah. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't miss out. Mm-hmm. So listen to some episodes of Beyond the Box Set. You can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave us a five-star review if you so wish. It really helps us to find new listeners. You can also support us on Patreon for as much or as little as you think we're worth. You'll get access to all of our bonus features and you can find all those links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, Harry, mm-hmm. it's my pick. Yep. And I I just feel the need to go in the complete opposite direction from this bloated macho fest. Yep. So I'm going to pick a short movie about girls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy this movie actually. Yeah. Next week, we're going to do a little film, a classic 90s cult film called Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Okay. Ever seen it? Nope. I think you'll enjoy it. Never heard of it. No, I think you'll enjoy it. I've got a good feeling about this one. Okay. So join us next week, listeners, for Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Okie dokie. Thanks for listening, everybody. Okie dokie. See you next time. Bye. Bye.